Hey, honey bunny, it's Rivka Reyes. This is Ron Wasserman, the nut that wrote Go Go Power Rangers. It's Boba Fett here. This is Molly Rennick from Living Dead Girl. It's WWE superstar legend, Davy Boy Smith's daughter, Georgia Smith. Hello, everyone. This is Christian James, the author of All Hallows Eve in Salem, Once Upon a Christmas Eve in Salem, building our main street. And this is Drag. And you are listening to the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie, where we are going to sit and we are going to talk about all the greatness and the wrestling and everything like that. So sit back, relax, enjoy your coffin, sip your blood, and let's listen on to the nonsense that will ensue. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the 74th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast with a very sick Jamie. So can we all give him shitloads of love for this episode, please? Like no, shit. It might be a very heavy Tom Talkie episode because Jamie can't <laughs> talky. <laughs> Put it that way. But Jamie, um, you, you can use hand signals or smoke signals if you want. Uh, I don't know what this is, if you want. But um, I do believe that these right here, round about there, are the Chronicles of Christian James. Yeah, they are. And it's a doozy, boys and girls. Magnificent. We love a doos. Hit it! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 74th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And are the Chronicles of Christian James. It is I, the bearded and very sick Brummy Jamie, and joining me, as always, as always, is a very confused-looking handsome co-host, Tom. I just want to say something quickly. It's it's a Scotsman, Tom. Firstly, you know you're sick. You smashed these. It did go a bit high pitched, but you smashed these, and you managed to get and in there as well. So yeah. as even, yeah, nice. <laughs> Jamie can't come to work today. He asked way too highly. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what was the song? Sami Zayn's old theme song. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. What a moment. Um. I just want to go off on a uh, quick tangent very quickly. Just to like a tangent. Um, we are not here next week, just to let you all know. Um, I am off to New York City uh, with the other half. We're having a week off, so I do apologise. For everybody that... Um, are you sure you're real? Are you just faking <laughs> <Yeah>. it? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really hurting my throat to do. Oh, my God, I'm so sick, but... <laughs> um, Yes, I'm off on holiday. Uh, it's actually me going this time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I will be. So we're not here next week. So massive apologies. Um, so we're going to give you like an extra thick, juicy, like PHT episode this week. So, okay. yeah, we're going to make it nice and fat. Right? <laughs> thick. <All right>, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should have Two a little, uh, I, I, I should, probably shouldn't say this, but uh, one of those Tim Westwood things like, nee, 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 nee. Uh, that sort uncle, of things to go with. Good old Uncle Tim. <laughs> yeah, even though he touches underage girls. Um, yeah, prick. Not so, good old Uncle Tim. Bad Uncle Tim. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, but it was just, I felt like we should have had some like effects to go with it, you know. Like, so we'll give you a thick, whoop, like fat, <laughs> juicy. Oh, we don't want that sound effect. <laughs> Um, normally I bring something to the table, but Jamie, I do believe that you've yes. got something to bring first. I do. I was, uh, watching a program that we'll talk about later earlier. And do you remember the other week you were talking about 
TV tropes about when a gun shot goes off and someone's like, what's that? Yes. Well, I noticed something else, a real terrible trait in TV programmes. When you have those like lovely romantic moments and the music's playing, it's this terribly cheesy piano music and someone just grabs the other person's face and goes, oh, and then says the name. So it's like, oh, Tom. Oh, Tom. Why the fuck are you saying? I've never in my life had a romantic moment with someone grabbed them by the face and gone, oh, Becky. Oh, my lovely wife. Oh, Becky. Never once in my life have I you ever done that. We need to start doing that. That is now something <laughs> that we need to start doing from that. I will take a video and I will post it. <laughs> and uh, I think we now need to start embracing with the grab of the cheeks <laughs> and uh, and state and uh, declare their name first and then declare that that a kiss will be would be placed on the lips uh, rather than spontaneity. The thing I watched it made it even funnier to me because they barely really followed it up afterwards. It was literally just holding each other's face again. Oh. Oh, what are you doing? And in the background, she goes, like, ding, 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 do, 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 what, were you, ding, what, what were you expecting afterwards? Like, wah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just some it's context. Like, oh, I've missed you. Oh, I've this yeah. something. Just, oh. <laughs> oh, now place your dick in my mouth. <laughs> and let's commence intercourse. Oh. <laughs> That's probably how the hell cousin. Oh. <laughs> By the I really come. I realise that this entire episode, I just want to make you laugh as much as I can, just because you're sick. Hurt me, thank you. Just, I, really I want, yeah. I mean, that's something really hurt me. <laughs> you oh, want yeah. to make me laugh to hurt me? Hurt me. <laughs> it's like, like I should get a padlock. Like, all right, Jamie, are you ready? <laughs> well, uh, if that's your kink. That's what we do. One other thing as well, I wanted to bring up. This just random thing, random conversation with my daughter today. I have a new sport that I want to see. Because not slapping with it. No, no, no. Olivia was not Olivia. She's the smaller one, the older one. Lena came out of school today. She was telling me she did PE. I was like, "Oh, what did you do in PE?" She went, Russian dance. I was like, "That's a PE now." What the Cossack? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "How is that a sport?" I was like, "Is it Russian dance football?" And I was like, "Holy shit, now that I want to see." Just kicking the legs and going down as low as you can to kick the ball in the goal. You would have to have some serious core and leg strength to be able to cross that dance and play football. You couldn't really run anywhere. That'd be weird. Because imagine running like that. You'd have to run like it and everything, yeah. Fucking great. That'd be so weird. Would you move, though? Uh, would you very move slowly, I imagine. Yeah. Oh, my God. That, that You'd have to really do some crunches like on a daily basis. But yeah, that, that's what the education system is nowadays. Uh, they'd learn Russian dance in school. But sure, if you kicked with the Cossack dance, you'd fall because that's quite, unless you had insane balance. Women would be fine because they've got a much lower centre of gravity than we do. So as guys, we'd be like, you just hit the floor every time. That makes them want to watch it more. It's when you kick the ball, you fall over. Cossack dancing, <laughs> Russian dance. That's weird. I know. <laughs> Not only do they not teach about taxes, like jobs, like things that you need, you know, it's all photosynthesis, algebra, and Russian dancing. Yes. Interesting. Schools have just lost it, I think. <laughs> Pretty much. I was, I was baffled, like horribly baffled. I was like, why? What is this? This isn't a sport. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but there, oh, there, there we, we are, are then. There we are. <laughs> there we are then, boys and girls. <laughs> um, so, Jamie... I meant to actually bring some more examples and I completely forgot I wrote this last night. I keep having moments of like, ding, when I'm about to go to sleep. So I write them down really quick. I go, I need to add to that later and completely forget. Do you know how we talk about like 
uh, movie sequels that are better than the original. Terminator 2. Yeah? Yes. What about movie title track songs that are better than the original? Oh, nice. So the one I have is Will Smith's Nod Your Head from Men in Black 2 is better than the original Men in Black. Ooh. Ooh, you reckon? the guitar riff is sick as fuck. Yeah, 100%. It's a better song, but I think the first one's more iconic. If that makes sense. Because well, it's the first one. Yeah, no, I get you, because it's obviously it's, it was the first movie, it's the first song. But the oh. second track, Nod Your Head for Men in Black 2, is way better than the great, original, in my song. opinion. No, it's a great song. It, but I meant to give more examples, and I completely forgot to look up like better song sequels than the original movie. See, I thought you meant like the song they released for the song was better than the movie because the movie was dog shit but the song no no no, no 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 it was in the, the second song's better than the first song <laughs> so many black two's track nod your head is better than many black or the original because i was gonna say oddly enough if you were on about that my example was also going to be will smith so that's a bit weird what wiki wow wiki wiki wow 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 jim west I love that for battles rough battles no they don't want no i know far too much that song people give that song song people give that movie a lot of shit and i'm like i quite like it I love the fact there's I mean, so many iconic films you've never seen, but you've seen Wild Wild West. Fuck wanting to be in the middle of a fucking <laughs> cornfield where you can't see the massive, jagged, like, circular source coming at you with a... Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Um, but it, it then inspired me to think of iconic songs to TV shows and films that are played in clubs. Mm. So Men in Black, obviously, was played in clubs, but obviously alongside Baywatch... Got played in the club quite a lot when I was 18. Um, they, did, they, they did a dance remix, didn't they? Some people stare to the... Da- oh. Everyone used to Baywatch run everywhere in this cheese night in, in Moda back in the day in Old Chapman. But then obviously Ghostbusters gets played loads as well at clubs and that sort of thing. Um, which led me to think, like, you don't get such iconic songs now being played no. in clubs. Could you imagine Countdown? <laughs> Oh, I love this. This is a fucking slaps. This does. It was inevitable you're going to kill me. Fuck's sake. The weakest link. That is a really good song. The theme song went to that. It just goes din, 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 din at the end. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so weird. Big Brother was was obviously a dance track anyway. Um, I just want to see one in a club dancing to the Bill theme song. Uh-oh. So Punk Rock Factory have just covered it. Have you seen it on their Instagram? It's fucking amazing. It was just so funny. I was like, could you imagine people like because obviously it reminded me of the goth video where people they're doing dancing to Thomas the Sank Engine. Love that video. You know, so if someone's dubbed, dubbed Thomas Sank Engine over the goth. Yeah, it's amazing. Love that video. <laughs> but I remember when I was a kid and being and being in a I think it was a beaver night, it was something like disco for pub for um Oh my god, primary school. My words completely escaped me then. And they played Power Rangers, and I was like, oh, I love this so much. Um, and I really remember teenagers taking the piss out of me, and I was like, seven? I, well, of course I'm going to love it. I'm seven. You're what, 13, 14? <laughs> I'm their target so audience, dickhead. Yeah, it was <laughs> such a weird... Back then, I was like shit scared of everybody, so I was a bit like, oh, teenagers, oh, I don't like it. But, but thinking back, I'm like, hang on a second... I love that show because it was aimed at, like you said, it was. We were the target audience. We were kids, and there's this teenager be like, oh, "Look at him, look at him, dickhead!" <laughs> like, 
I, I really should remember that right now. Weird. And now we're 30 years old, 30 plus years old, and still enjoy the Power Rangers because it's fucking awesome. So go away, teenagers who bullied Tom. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's all right. <laughs> it's I'll watch it every now and again, but, you know. Um, but finally, my final thought of the day. Me and Karis went to Ikea. This is about two or three weeks ago. And we're just bumbling through. And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just like looking at stuff. There's a massive like uh, Calyx I want for my like to like, mount my TV in the middle. It's got like boxes all around. You can put like vinyl and stuff. Like it's so sick. It's expensive as fuck. Also, it's dark here. But it's lovely. Yeah. But anyway, bumbling around Ikea. And uh, there was a uh, man and wife. And they were in the kitchen department. And the woman's like, you know, we had this for that. We had that. This, could we put this here, put that there. Like, it looked really great with this. Put the clock on the wall, you know, and explaining it. The guy pulled out one drawer, looked at it, and went, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that women are like, oh, my God, we could put the kettle here. The toast looks so great on the wall. And the coffee machine on this side. And the guy just opened one drawer and go, that will be fine for man shit. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's going to be my man drawer. I like the sliders. We're in. Yeah, it's, it's just so funny. I was absolutely, like, dying. And so I was, like, writing out my phone. Karis was chatting away to me about some living room Kiddish. stuff. And I was like, like, just, it was great. I love people watching sometimes. Um, it was just a very funny moment. It was just one of those moments I was like, oh, yes. Well, at least we're all as simply, you know, easily pleased. Like, I'm so happy about this. I say, but you know, it's when the other half talks, she's like, Oh, you know, you want to do this, but we put this here. I'm just like, Yeah, great, like, let's have it. it. It'll look great. I'm happy. Put whatever you want wherever you want it. It's fine. No matter what happens, you get in your way. So I'll just sign off on it. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it's a double thumbs up from me. <laughs> so, Jamie, obviously, we've already stated the fact that you feel like shit, but how are you, my friend? I feel like shit. <laughs> I've coughed so much that I feel like I actually have a lump in my throat. It's killing me to the point of I attempted to phone in sick for work tomorrow. I never do that. I don't. It just it's started like... out as a minor cough. It started off as bad ear. I could barely hear anything, and it's just sort of slowly progressed and progressed. It's just a cold. It's nothing more than that. But it's like cold, big cousin with massive muscles. It's come to kick your ass. Not this a new strain of COVID going around, isn't there? Um, yeah. But from I've... what you just said, my manager had the exact same thing. I've tested, I've done COVID tests, kind of... come back negative, just proper not me on my ass. It's mutated, yeah, a lot of people, my mum's not very well, my little ne ne uh, niece, bless her, she's got, oh my god, I can't remember the name of it, ocular, somewhere other, contentosepsis. Oh fuck. She's really unwell, she's five, so Jeez. yeah, it's like, everyone I speak to is like, oh god, yeah, you know. And like, because I'm going to New York in five days, I'm like, everyone, stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> Nobody come near me. This is why you work from home. You can just stay in your bubble and make people leave you the fuck alone. I have to go to the office on Thursday. I'm going to go in a hazmat suit. <laughs> you don't need no, to ask to work anymore, Tom. I fucking do, mate. Yeah. I'm going to the United States of America and they're going to be like, I'm sorry, man, you can't come in. No, I'm sorry you got the COVID shit, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was trying to think it's really funny. My brain was going, sorry, Tom, not today. Not you got tonight. the British sniffles. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we don't want your cold around here, boys. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Uh, other than that, though, That's... other than dying on your ass, are you okay? Yeah, just a bit tired, but because I barely slept, but yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited for things to come. I've been very busy planning and putting things together. Ooh, we'll find out more later. 
How the devil are you, sir? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm all right. I'm. It's one of those weird moments where I'm really excited, but I can't. I feel like I can't get excited yet. Do you know what I mean? Because I've still yeah. got three days of work left, so I'm like, it's that weird. I know it's coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's. I'm so excited, but it's not quite here yet. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It, it doesn't even feel real yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm literally. What's the time now? So we're recording at 10 p.m. So it's going to be 5 p.m. in New York City right now. We're going to be getting ready to go to Broadway. Ooh. Like, we're going to be getting ready to go see Chicago on Broadway, and it's like nuts. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just. To think this time next week, it, it, it's just, it just blows my mind. <laughs> it's like, it? yeah, that's not happening. What do you, what do you mean? Oh, fuck off. I was going to sing a song from I, Chicago then, and I can't think of a fucking single one. No, no, I've already watched, one. I've already seen what Keris has shown me of the movie um, so far uh, with Zellweger and oh, Zeta Jones. Yes, yes. Yeah. Zeta Jones is in it. Um, so yeah, and the dude from Step Brothers. Which dude from Step Brothers? Not Will Farrell, the other, the other one. Oh, John C. Reilly. That's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope he's in that now. I'm actually quite worried that he's not. <laughs> 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 My brain's going, I'm pretty sure I saw him in it. I'm pretty sure he plays Renee Zellweger's husband. I'm pretty sure he does. If not, he looks um, a hell of a lot like him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so obviously, so next week's nuts. Like, really nuts. Um, I've also made plans to hopefully uh, see our former guest, Lydia Manson, uh, as well Ooh. next week. Um, but we shall see. It's, that's pending, pending at the moment. Um, yes, and former guest Noel McNeil, which I cannot wait for. That's going to be absolutely sick. Um, so yeah. So sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm good. So I'm buzzing. I'm really excited. But I'm also like, do I should I feel this way? This is weird. <laughs> but I'm also like, I'm working. I'm like, I want to work, but I'm also kind of like. Only three o'clock. Come on, time. Come on, time. <laughs> Where's Friday? Friday, where are you? <laughs> Wishing your days away this week. Yeah. More than understandable. I just can't believe it's here. I, we booked it in November 2021, so we're like, come on. I mean, that was so good. Yeah. Yeah, but it's Vicarious's birthday last year. Not the year before, the year before that. Okay, like, man. nuts. Yeah, it's crazy, man. We've saved up. I'm just excited as fuck. I can imagine. So, gonna go down Queens, isn't it? I'm gonna go down Queens and uh because they've got a hot topic down there, and obviously hot topic and AW you've got a deal, so oh, yeah, gonna get yeah. some mer- merchandise and I've uh I'm gonna bring you a little summit summit back. So okay. Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna bring you a little summit. Crazy for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, buzzing man, like just really excited. Um it's a very long-winded answer. I do apologize. It was, but it's all good. It's all Yes, it's great. It's great. So, uh, what have you been doing with yourself, my friend, other than having an absolute dying? Oh, yeah. Um, before we move on to what we've been doing, I did want to point out something that we released just after we recorded last week's so video. Oh, yeah, on the show. So, last week we released The Chronicles of Dublin Crust. Um, as we all know, we spoke on the show, Tom went over to Cantley Wicklow Island and spoke to all the cast and crew of Dublin Crust. It's absolutely amazing. Or brought back some amazing footage. And I've put it together, this lovely little vlog, and you can learn all about the movie, all about the cast and the crew, and just watch everyone love Baz, quite frankly. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely, and it's absolutely incredible. It's had over 200 views already. We've had some amazing feedback on it. Some massive thank you to everyone who's checked out. If you haven't already, go check out the Chronicles of Dublin Crust. Go on Spotify, search in Dublin Crust. Go add the theme song from the start of the vlog to your playlists now. Or look in our playlist because it's there already. It's a great fucking punk song. I've been listening to it loads. 
but you know, go check out the Chronicles of. It's Dublin. called All This Gold for people. That, it's called All This Gold. Yeah, I should probably actually name it. Yes, my <laughs> mind went blank. I'm dying. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, it's great. It's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing track. So yeah, uh, the, the song from the movie and from the beginning of our vlog. Um, there are some big waves happening on the old Dublin Cross front as well. So keep your eyes peeled on all of Baz's socials at the same time as well. Uh, to stay in touch with all the latest news or go to Dublin underscore crust underscore movie on Instagram and go and follow it on there as well because it's going to it's going to be a good year boys a good year yeah and we're so proud and happy like so proud of him like massively proud of him and I won't be prioritising seeing my kids this time Baz you dick (laughs) (laughs) those little shots in the group chat earlier cheeky swine but yes, what have I been up to? What have I been up to? Uh, I've roasted Rhiannon as a standard. I've done the bit of the work, work, work. Uh, two of those nights on my own, which is always a bit weird working on your own, at the front of the hospital, just sat behind the main reception desk. She's like, hi, me, it's me. It's a bit, yeah, but you crack on. Um, I went to a gig and it was fantastic. I went to go see The Darkness and Blackstone Cherry. I have wanted to see The Darkness since that first album came out. I've never had a chance to see them, so I was very happy to see them. And they were exactly everything I hoped for. That man is amazing to watch live. He has so much fucking energy. Like, it's, they were, every song sounded great. Yeah, they were just amazing. Uh, Black, Justin Hawkins, by the way. Justin Hawkins, yeah, sorry, yeah. Probably yeah, should, yeah. <laughs> probably shouldn't say who I mean. Uh, and Blackstone Cherry, again, they were fantastic, but I don't know them that well. I weirdly knew the first song and the last four. The rest of them, I didn't have a clue. They were good, but I didn't have a clue what they were. But they were really good. Was Big Train one of them? Big Train was one of them, yes. I was like, yes, Matt Bear versus Raw 2007. There's <laughs> that one, and there's one more I know, which I can't remember. Something My Father Said, I think it's called. They played that too, yes. I didn't know that yeah. one, but they did play it because he went on yeah. a spiel about his dad and everything, so... But they are so fucking southern. Like, I didn't realise just how southern they were. It's like, this song here is all out for my family and friends over in Alabama. I was like, Jesus Christ, you're southern, mate. So when me and Keris went to Cardiff to go shopping, uh, I think it was a week or two ago, they played Cardiff International Arena. Yes. And we saw the darkness pull up as we drove we, oh, we wow. drove past the tour bus. So, yeah, that was kind of... Sorry, I just wanted to get involved. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> But I keep I've been listening to that debut album like constantly since because it's it's one of the best debut albums out there in my opinion. It's so fucking good. There's not a bad song on it. But unfortunately, I missed the opening band. But I've seen it before in 1999. Danko Jones. Oh yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing them at Ozfest in '99, but I don't remember them at all. I just remember them. Remember seeing them. Uh, what else have I done? What else have I done? I did an in- my first interview for Razor's Edge Rocks, which should be yeah. very soon, with Carl Willits from Memoriam. Just two brummies chatting about metal. It was absolutely great. I can't wait for people to hear this. This man, you talk to him, you would not think he's the singer in a death metal band at all. Was was the whole thing? It's like, all right, mate, yeah, you're not, right, yeah, I'm all right, anyway, No right. one else is going to understand it, just me and Carl. Everyone else is like, what the fuck are them two saying? <laughs> Unless you're from the West Country, obviously, uh, or, yeah. West Midlands, you're, you're West Country, West Midlands. West Midlands, sorry, yeah. Oh, my God, my brain. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did an interview last night, which was amazing, which you'll all see in a couple of weeks' time. And today I went to go see the kids. And today I ate asparagus for the very first time. 
not, not what I expected at all. Um, firstly, how are the kids? Was that good? Have a good day? Yeah, the kids are great. Good. And how was your asparagus? It was actually really nice. Never had it before. Although the wife just gave me a look and say, I have had it before, but I don't remember having it before. So, but yeah, either way, it was nice. I don't know. <laughs> Joe's cooking. Becky's cooking. <laughs> Joe Cook. <laughs> Matt's I don't know, does she? <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's house bit. He's bitch, isn't he? He's house bitch. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, watching wise, while I was on nights, I just wanted something nice and easy to watch. So I've been watching Young Rock, which has been pretty good, actually. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. It's quite a harmless, fun program. And Mr. Stevens, I have completed season five of 24. Oh, oh my God. That's a good season. I've, I've got that through that fast. Did, did so this is this is personally one of my favorite series ever did you see that twist coming which twist with the president yeah there was a lot of twists no i didn't see that coming anywhere yeah, that's that's insane that's yeah. insane like so fucking like yeah president logan i didn't like him at the start of the fucking series i remember saying that when i said i'd start watching it i didn't like that guy i was right i never should have trusted him just Team Aaron Pierce, we love Aaron, we love the Pierce. Aaron Pierce, oh, yes. Love the Pierce. And mm-hmm. his wife, Martha, as well. Love Phenomenal. Martha. Wonderful <laughs> woman. Wonderful woman. But no, it's just so good. That whole good. series is, is it, it, it is amazing. That whole fifth series is, is sensational. It's sensational. But at the same time, that season can go fuck itself. Because it killed off two of my favourite people. That was heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. I was like, why am I so emotionally attached to these people? I only started watching a couple of days ago. Because it's probably the greatest TV show it on really Earth. It really is. <laughs> I was just like, Edgar, no! I, I saw that. I was on the bus when I watched that bit, and I literally almost screamed out on the bus, Edgar, no. I had to realise where I was. Do, <laughs> do, do you realise? It, it's. Do you, know what, do you know what does it for me every time is, Chloe. Like, just every time... <laughs> that's that's it like every time like you motherfuckers but the episode after is it also like when the the when the um the member of staff's on the phone to his daughter oh my oh. god horrible <laughs> it's horrible oh, yeah just, it's, it's such so a great cool. series and chloe oh she's so good we love, love we her love, we love, love her yeah and then the end and Jack gets kidnapped. I was like, oh, that's going to be those people that are talking to the president. And then there's suddenly that fucking Chinese guy because I was like, the Chinese are back. Like, Fuck. Oh, oh. So, so series six is the weakest series of the lot, in my opinion. Um, the ratings were shit, which is why seven is so fucking amazing because they were like, oh, bollocks. Uh, they lost a lot of fans in six. Just to let you know, I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, six has its moments, but six is the weakest series out of the lot, hands down. Okay. Um, but seven, Jamie. Oh, yeah. Super excited to get that. So far, four and five are tagged. I enjoyed them both five, just as much. Five is five is a, five and seven are elite. I enjoyed them both for very different reasons, but those two were the, my favorite ones so far. But yeah, it's like four was like, oh shit, I need to see what happens. Like action wise, was this one's like, oh shit, what the fuck's going on? There's a twist, the president, this is good. and Robocop's here. And like, yeah, I just need to know what the hell's happening. 
Yeah. I hope this actually spurs people on to go and watch 24 because it's just, it it's all on Disney Plus and it's absolutely hard. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I am a hooked, like, so good. Everyone needs to go watch it. You're so yeah. welcome. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and the fact we've had James Morrison, who plays Bill Buchanan on this show, is just fucking Now you can see Bill why Buchanan. I'm so like. You can see why I was so buzzing, like so, good. so emotional for it. Yeah, we love Bill. I don't know what it apps. I find his voice really captivating as well. I thought that would mean to you <laughs> though as well, to be fair. But when I'm watching the show, I'm just like, I will do anything for you, Bill. I will do anything for you. <laughs> we love we love the Buchanan. Fantastic. Anyway, what have you been up to, my friend? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been doing a lot of Rihanna and Jamie. And um obviously last weekend I had a bit of a lull, a bit of a moment where I was like I had a bit of a dip, shall we say, where I was thinking, shit, I don't know if this job's for me. I don't know if I want to do this. You know, just having a bit of those moments. And I was talking, to, I talked to my manager, I talked to some people who are great, and they're like, just honestly, just hang on. This this week, sorry, I do excuse me. <laughs> this week changed the whole landscape. So obviously on Tuesday, I set up to London to go and do our first event um for the company that i work for for the cio institute and we went to london one great george street which is literally right next to parliament where they're having all the strikes <laughs> on the same day um so i was nervous i was a bit like i don't know what i'm doing we had to wake up at 5 30 in the morning um which was brutal i ate a full english breakfast at 6 a.m which felt so weird um it was like oh give me all the stodge it's so early but i want all the stodge I'm actually quite thankful that I did because when the event started at 8.30, Jamie, I didn't sit down for about eight or nine hours. I didn't, I sat down to eat lunch and that's all I did. That's the only sitting down I did. It was amazing to mingle with so many people, even though they're like, like the big, like the big chiefs of like massive companies and massive banks and stuff like that. Just talking about normal people, just chatting. It was so amazingly, awesomely weird. <laughs> I was like walking and talking with one of the big chiefs of Nat uh, Nationwide, and I. But when she was saying all these things, I was like, I haven't got a fucking clue what you're on about. But I was going, Oh yeah, it's a pain. That's it. Must have been horrific when that happened. But I was just like having a bit of banter, a bit of a laugh, and they're just lush, like just lush people. Um, and then I got named MVP for the day, and I just had the oh, best. Amazing. I had the best time. It literally just changed everything. Like it turned everything on its head massively. Um, so I'm very thankful. Thank you to everyone who, you know, was just so great and wonderful. I really appreciate you all. Um, and hopefully I'll be at many, many more events now. So check you out, my little Montavious Montel Mont 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 Montavious Porter. Oh yeah, got the name wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've got everything across for, for Chicago at the end of end of March. Um so yeah, so work's been great. Like I'm absolutely thriving, loving it. I had my three months probation review today. It went really well. Um, they want to pass me early. And I was just like, this is just sick. Like, so that is just a big tick in the box. Like, I'm just so happy. Work is now amazing. Like I don't wake up and go, oh God, okay, right. I need to, like, give it. and I'm like, wake up and go, cool, right. So who's next? Um, we, all have, we all have those days at work. We all have weeks at work. This is very, very true, but I'm very much looking forward to my break next week. New York City, baby! Um, it's just, like, even the thing, I, was, I, I finished um, Vengeance Day today. It was all right. It, it didn't really, it didn't, the tag team title match was the best match on there. It, it didn't really captivate me in any way. I'd be like, eh, it was fine. Um, 
But watching it, I was going, shit, I'm on Monday Night Raw in a week. Of course, like, yeah. Holy crap, I'm going to be at the next Raw now. Like, mental, mind-blowing. Jamie, as soon as I hear burn it down, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. And I'm going to orchestrate the entire crowd, either in front or behind me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm just buzzing, like, absolutely buzzing. Um, so, yeah, if I hadn't mentioned it, I'm off to New York next week. Um, <laughs> and, it, yeah, we've got so much planned, it's going to be great. It's not really going to be a rest time. It's going to be just phenomenal from back to front. Um, it's of course Super Bowl Sunday on Sunday as well, which I won't be watching because yeah, I could not give a fuck uh, about either of those teams. So no one cares. The fan base, the, the Philadelphia fan base is horrific, and Kansas City Chiefs is there every year, boring. Um, so I won't be watching that. I'll be getting ready for my flights in New York, Jamie. No joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> watching wise, we've been watching the Last of Us TV series. Oh my I god! It. I need to start that. Have you played the games? Uh, I've played about half the first one. So it, it obviously, we're halfway through the fourth episode, and it, it sticks to the game beautifully. But mm. episode three, uh, I think, is going to yeah. win a fuck ton of awards. I've seen so. so much stuff online about episode three. Yeah. yeah, Incredible, is all I can say. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. It was great. It was so great. Like, Karis was just born her eyes out, bless her. It's phenomenal. Um so yeah, so we've been watching The Last of Us and thoroughly enjoying that. Other than that, I've just been making sure I'm up to date with WWE due to the fact where we're going next week. Um so that I've got all that intact. Yeah. And other than that, I've been watching loads of Frasier. Lo- loads of Frasier, did you just say? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Because I fucking love Kelsey Grammer. And have you heard the news, Jamie? Frasier is coming back. Is it? Kelsey Grammer is going to do another series, yes. But it's going to be in Boston this time. Oh. Not Seattle. The way, way he was born and that sort of thing. And they're going to do a whole brand new series from Frasier. So as long as, long as Niles is like that. He, he will be. He is announced in it, yeah. David Hyde Pierce is going to be there as well. But did you see the news today? I had a feeling you might mention this when I saw it Balti Towers yeah, is yeah. coming back. <laughs> now, I'm a massive John Cleese fan. So I'm a bit like, okay, it's either going to be absolutely phenomenal, but because of him, or it's going to be dreadful because of the day and age that we're in. That's my concern. Can you get away with that humour in today's society? It's John Cleese. Yeah, it's really wonderful. I was the same, I was like, fuck yes, 40 towers. But can they do it? Do you know what, Jamie? I think they can. Because everyone can just get over themselves. <laughs> well, they can, but it's whether they fucking will. I'm saying that, so, unless you're a fan of the original 40 Towers, are you likely to watch it? Well, no. <laughs> forgive me, the actors and the actresses' names have completely escaped me. But obviously, the original character, played, the original actor played Manuel has passed away. The actress who played Polly has passed away, I believe. Oh, God, yeah. And... Is the actress who plays wife still around? Priscilla Scales? I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure. I think he's the only original left. That probably makes sense. I only mentioned he was coming back then. I'm pretty sure because the major, the guy who played the major, obviously he passed away ages ago. I think his daughter's going to be in it. Oh, okay. John Cleese's daughter, yeah. From what I read. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how it fares. So I'm very excited uh, for that anyway. Uh, but other than that, Jim, like we oh 
Ooh. And obviously, the one last thing I almost, I can't believe I almost forgot this. Saturday, my friend Paul came and joined me in Cardiff for the first day of the Six Nations. Uh, obviously, Scotland took on England, and it was just amazing, James. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, the entire Welsh contingency that we're in the pub with us were all supporting Scotland at the same time. So I was, I was I was the only Scotland fan in there, but it didn't feel like it. <laughs> and we beat the English, and we deserved it, and it was great, and I was so happy, and I lost my voice, and it was amazing. Uh, Wales got absolutely destroyed by Ireland, so um, let's just say Keris wasn't very happy. All the people in the there were so <laughs> many people I was like screaming at the TV. It was, uh, but there's nothing more invigorating than listening to the Welsh sing their national anthem like go- proper goosebumps. It was it was so loud in there. It was amazing. I do love how patriotic the Welsh are, especially when it comes to rugby. Yes, yeah, they bloody well love it but the irish really took over the city like it was just green sea you could see green everywhere it was mental how busy it was was it at the principality mm-hmm. uh, okay. yeah so it's getting home was not fun <laughs> i can imagine yeah um but it was just great what a great day absolutely phenomenal day loved it absolutely loved it and that jamie has been the week i'm not gonna lie when you said your friend paul came over to see you in cardiff i really thought you were gonna go we went for coffee <laughs> no coffee was had automatically actually. what i assume as soon as you mentioned paul you went for coffee no coffee was had like you know <laughs> many beers but no coffee no coffee well we are caught up sir shall, shall we catch up with our delightful friend over there come on Braden. what's going on at stay cozy all right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Berry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing. Your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, t-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring... The Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, the Chronicles, at checkout. Oh, boy. I'll say it. I've said it once, Jamie, and I'll say it again. Greatest advert ever. 100% agree with you, my friend. Um, but you know what it's time for? Oh, oh, I think I might know. I think I might know. What is it? Stop kind of streaching. Yes, boy. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you. And Callum's streachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. Yes, Jamie. So Callum is back once again. But because we're away next week, did we mention that? We may have mentioned that. Has delivered on five <laughs> streachings this week. <laughs> five streachings. <laughs> You're in for an absolute doozy, so we won't waste your time any further. Jamie, what is Callum treating us this week? In the Toy Story universe, living as an unassembled Lego kit must be agonising. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, could you imagine? I've heard so many theories about Toy Story characters. That one I've never heard. That must be weird. (laughs) How do... So obviously when it comes to life, it must... That's what I'm trying to work. Are they sentient blocks, or is it only the whole thing put together that is sentient? It's just body parts. 
They must be sentient blocks, surely, then they put themselves together. You'll get the fuck off my head, Dave. <laughs> and they become one big, th- then they become one sort of thing, like like a Megazord. Oh. So, like, do you know what I mean? So, it just, I imagine, oh, could you imagine trying to take yourself apart then? You're like, obviously, you fall over because then it just, sm- <laughs> that's the best way to do it, surely. Just fall over and smash to pieces, and then you don't have to remove anything. Apart from if you're them really annoying ones in the in the, the the green, the big green square rectangle thing. Oh yeah. Where obviously when you put in, you can't because if you fall, you can't get out. You to snap it in half without snapping it in half to get all the pieces to pop off. Steven, Steve, Steve, Steven, can you, can you fucking pull me out? I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking stuck, Dave. <laughs> Where's that big yellow thing you can stick on me head and pull me out? Is that a thing? We never said Lego removers. I it's can't say I'm a big Lego fan. Yeah, sure it's like an orange thing. You clip onto it and you pull and it pulls the piece off. Once you can't go. Oh. Yeah. Have you seen that there's the bloody Lego building championships now on TV? Oh, yeah. There's all sorts of stuff for Lego. And then it's nuts. Considering that was made for kids, I'm pretty sure more adults buy Lego than kids do these days. Well, I know somebody who is a massive Lego nut, like absolutely insane and mental for it. So yeah, I'm a massive Star Wars fan. So, are we on about my father-in-law? Because that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I wonder if I reckon they're all individually sentient and they become one big sentient. I really want to see that. If that was real, like sentient blocks that come together to be like one big fuck off sentient monster, that'd be an amazing Toy Story. But then again, then again, Andy would know. Would Andy know? Because if yeah, because obviously if. It comes together and builds. So, say they're not assembled, and then when he disappears, yeah. they assemble, and then obviously ah. they hear him coming. They've got no time to get back into the box again. So, if they fall over and smash everywhere, he's like, Why is my Lego out? That's a fucking good point. So, they'd have to say sentient blocks. They wouldn't be able to play and get together and have a party. No. Nothing. You just got to stay as they are. So, if you're like a little individual red one, that's just one, you're that's not, not a life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm That's just a yellow life, sort of ball, not quite a ball, because I've got things on the end. I'm just a little chip off the old block. <laughs> I'm just a little hand shape. <laughs> the little hand cup thing. I love that thing <laughs> from Wednesday. It was literally just a little hand cup there. <laughs> that is so funny. Absolutely amazing. Anyway, Jamie, let us let us move on. As soon as you're dying, let's get yeah. let's get through these. What else, Jamie? Is Callum Trichigas the? The majority of things the boomers dislike about younger generations were created by boomers. For instance, we didn't create participation medals; they did. That's a fucking good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really no, no. good point. That is phenomenal. I do, what I don't like that, that this might get some like ooh. Oh, I don't God. like the fact if they give a participation medal out to fucking everybody. There's oh a yeah, first, no. a second, and a third. Kids have got to learn. Absolutely, yeah, I completely got, agree. They've got to learn. Like you can't just let everybody win. That makes really? no sense. I always turn around if they don't win. I'll get what I did. Did you try hardest? That's all that counts. Try again next time. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna it go. Does, it it's does, okay, darling. You try. That's all that matters. It's like, it's an egg and spoon race. When you're older, no one runs with an egg on a fucking spoon. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Well, if we're getting Russian fucking dancing football into the Olympics, you might as well get egg and spoon races. Yeah. Have you got one, Dad? Exactly. You're doing fine. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But yeah, I I, I get it, right? I get it. 
mental health, you've got to look after the kids and that sort of thing. But you've got they've got to learn, man. Like Absolutely. I don't know if that's just everybody obviously parents how they parent, and that's that's totally up to them. That's that's entirely their choice. But I very much be in the sense of like, I think that's be realistic. I reckon I'd be one of the worst, and not that I'm ever gonna be one, but I'd be one of the worst parents ever because I'd be like, yeah, but just get over it. But don't worry about it, it's fine. We'll have a chat about it and stuff, like and I'll explain how it all works and everything, but you lost. Don't matter. Nothing that's happens. That's not being a bad parent. That's being a good parent. <laughs> that would make you a bad parent. <laughs> have, have you still got all your fingers and toes? May you said, have you still got your arms? Perfect. Can you still see? Excellent. What's Is that matter? what I do? I've had a boo-boo. Do I need to chop it off? Is it broken? Crack on. It hurts. It's, yeah. I think I'm like you. I might want, I'll be one of those people that if you're playing board games, it's like, oh, let them win. Like, no. no Why would I let them win? Because, yeah. Let's not talk about me competing against Olivia when she was like one years old at Connect Four again, because I'll still kick her ass at Connect Four if she fucking tries me. Was she one? I can't remember. She probably wasn't one. But you know. I was gonna say it feels like it feels like, it feels like that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that, that long ago we had that conversation. <laughs> that was so funny though. Yeah, fuck you, beat you, old fucker. No one fucking comes to me at Connect Four, mate. But um, that is hilarious, actually. But it's so very true at the same time. It's very true. I just... Everyone <laughs> just fucking moans about everything this is. I mean, I oh, do. Yeah. Everyone does it. We all do it because... We're British. Of course we moan. It's what we do. I just I'm too polite to, to go on about it. So... Oh, these kids, all they do is go on social media. Someone had to create it and it weren't a fucking kid. So he's absolutely much, right. How much bloody money they make out of that now? Jesus. Anyway, Jamie, anyway. before we uh, really show our ages, and then we probably did it about 15 times, let's move on yeah. to the next one, shall we? Okie dokie. What else is Callum treating us this week? Buttholes weren't designed to be wiped multiple times. Buttholes weren't designed to be wiped multiple times. No, but I mean, if you eat, the, if you eat shitty ass food, <laughs> you're going to have to. <laughs> You can't just one wipe it and be done, Callum. You gotta keep going until you got no brain on the tissue. Oh, Jesus I, Christ, I, I, I do I do love a ghosty though. I do love oh, a ghosty. The, phantom the phantom poo. Yeah. You just go, because oh, <laughs> even better, you go, oh sweet. <laughs> Nothing there. Perfect. Save me plenty of time. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely great. Do you but ever why? do that and then wipe against me? I've got that wrong, I've missed. <laughs> I must stop. This isn't right. <laughs> double, double, double check, yeah, just to make sure. Just a double check. Like, did we work out? Like, fucking, I love you. Shit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'll be honest, right? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it must be because some science I mean, behind it or something. I'm definitely a wet white man. I can't use toilet paper, dude. Like, fucking hell, it's like sandpaper, like. I can't use wet wipes. I feel like I've got a wet bum hole afterwards. I know. Oh, it's great. I'm not gonna lie. It's wonderful. <laughs> Revealing my kinks now. Um <laughs> mate, are glorious. Absolutely glorious. Yeah, you've got to be you've got to be a wet white man that can't be using fucking sandpaper. Sandpaper. <laughs> you There's might a hold for this week. <laughs> toilet um, paper or sandpaper. I mean toilet paper or wet wipes. Definitely a wet white man. <laughs> Paris is looking at me like I'm fucking mental. 
What, for using wet wipes or for talking about it until the entire we're Talking event? about it. I literally, we, we, when we go food shopping and we get round to the to the uh, aisle, I always go, right, I need 15 packs of these, thank you. <laughs> That's for me morning poo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, literally, I get a month, but then I normally have to go back for more. Anyway, should we move on? Because... <laughs> Because I shit a lot, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to go do some investigation as to why that's the case. Yeah, I think it's because, obviously, the more you go, the, the fact you just start slicing it fucking open and it bleeds yeah, everywhere and it's never yeah. fun. So, <laughs> there to go. Uh, there's Anusol for that. Anyway, um, Jamie, what else is Callum Bridgeners this week? There's enough men on planet Earth to build a bridge of dicks to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> But would you want to climb it? <laughs> Probably not, but that might be because one of my new favourite creatures. If you climb, <laughs> you, I, I, from what I found, if people look up, they're always mouth open. So you don't want to be climbing a creature's dick. That is a lot of blowjobs. <laughs> a lot of blowjobs. Incidental blowjobs. Not like full on accidental. <laughs> what if it's really small? <laughs> Or like, I don't it's know. Like, yeah, you know, you can't really grip. <laughs> oh, that's a nice size grip. Oh, fucking no! Get, I'm just get about to get a finger on that one. <laughs> but then they did have to be hard because obviously if they're soft, that's not going to be a very good ladder. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to say that. He said bridge, bridge, not ladder. We're going with ladders here. <laughs> How the yeah, fuck no one, feels... no one like walks with their head down like. <laughs> How would we stand in order to make a bridge of dicks? But the moon's up. So that's why I was thinking upwards. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's like the escalator to nowhere in Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought I'd be on would, this podcast imagining a bridge of dicks, but here we are. Though. Would we all have to st- stand, like, are the dicks attached? So are we all stood there holding hands at the same time? Or yeah. are we detaching them I... and sewing them together, like one long bridge, or are we just standing oh, next God. to them? That's a horror movie. I know. Um, I reckon it comes out, like, next year. <laughs> New horror film coming to cinema near you soon. Bridge the of bridge dicks. of dicks. <laughs> oh, God. Make me laugh, you prick. Starring Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> as the dictator. <laughs> oh, fuck out. <laughs> oh. And Dickie Bird Smith. <laughs> as... The dictator. Oh, wait, I already said that. Sorry. <laughs> Director. <laughs> oh, ow. Oh, fuck me. Oh. And his cousin, Beanbag. <laughs> if you hang on too long, it becomes a slippery, slippery ride. Anyway, let's stop. Let's stop, shall we? Please, <laughs> thank so much. <laughs> yes. <coughs> or it could be like a really sad song in South Park. <laughs> what would you do walking down the bridge of dicks? <laughs> oh god, that really does sound like a South Park song. <laughs> I lied to heaven. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> moving on. And finally, Jamie, oh, we conclude. What is Callum treating us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whenever you buy and eat half a chicken, you're secretly sharing a meal with a stranger. 
That is just beautiful. I love that. That's insane. Oh, I hope I hope the other asshole right. So this dog's just like, like absolutely smashing through it. It's like, oh, it's a beautiful chicken. Lovely, yes, tasty. That is insane. I love that. <laughs> it's right though. Although I, I always wonder when you go like get like half a chicken. Do you reckon half the other half of that said chicken is even there, or it's gone somewhere fucking else completely? It's probably got somewhere else completely. I was thinking about a meme I saw, which was like, chickens have families, you know. You go, yes, yeah, well, I buy a family bucket so I can count it for everybody. There's <laughs> <laughs> mum. There's dad. <laughs> oh, your son's leg's lovely. I've got your lady's breasts on. <laughs> so, oddly enough, that... A thought I had in a supermarket not that long ago made me think of that. Like when you get a bag of chicken drumsticks, do you reckon any of those are from the same chicken? <laughs> do you know what? Two, two do you reckon at least surely. two of them are from the same chicken? Or surely. Just, surely. I don't know. Does it just go into a big batch or they just put so many in a bag? Yeah, it's a big production line. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, I, wonder, I can't help but wonder. It's kind of, it's kind of romantic, same. isn't it? It's kind of special in a way. Yeah. Like eating half a chicken knowing that somebody else is like, oh. <laughs> Oh. I hope they're enjoying it. Yeah. As I hope they're I enjoying it as much as me. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how they had theirs. Did they anyway. have potatoes as well? Yes. <laughs> Callum. Bridge of Dicks. Special treats. One of my new favourites. I liked that one. I thought you might, uh, you might be loving that one. Yeah, it's an absolute beauty. We're so fucking lucky to have you on this show i tell you every single week without fail absolute beauty but jamie yes sir i have to follow this yeah you do time for time's journal and welcome to another edition of tom's journal jamie i feel this be you I'm kind of glad dinosaurs are extinct because I'm pretty sure I tried to ride one after a few drinks. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah, that is 100% me. I would love to have one as a pet. Why? They're really cool. What have you got for a pet? Triceratops. Dude, I want to have a meat-eating one. I'm not fucking stupid. Maybe the conversation we had with my car, Louise, yeah. we talk about... Yeah, dude, no. I'm Hell not no. fucking stupid. I wouldn't have one that eats animals and people. I'd go for a, a matter. Go for a herb. They're not meant to be kept as pets. What Saying that, it might be possible soon. Have you seen they're trying to reincarnate the woolly mammoth? Could be happening. <sighs> anyway, let's move on. <laughs> JB. Yes. What's the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? I used to know. This, I believe I the main difference is one will see you later oh, and the other one will see you in sake. a while. I could be wrong. I'm not a zoologist. Fuck's sake. That is one of the worst, yet one of the best journal entries of all time. <laughs> that's fucking... That's so fucking stupid. <laughs> I can it. <laughs> Nurse, carrying in a newborn. He weighs eight pounds and is 21 inches long. And? Nurse. And what? Strength, magic, dexterity, all of his other stats. 
Could you imagine that'd be amazing? <laughs> is he an alchemist? Is he a mage? What, what is he exactly? <laughs> I was trying to figure the D and D levels in my head, and they weren't coming to me then. Oh, I don't. I have no idea where they are. They got further than I did. <laughs> James, this is this is me to a T, and I don't know why I do it. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night because you need to piss, but you're actually so tired and cosy? So you go back to sleep with high hopes, just don't piss yourself. Oh, I've done that so many times. <laughs> Same, I've done it before. Like, I'll get ready for bed, get into bed, get nice and cosy, and I go, I need to pee now. I'm not even falling asleep yet. I'm like, nah, fuck it, I'm gambling. It can wait till the morning. Yeah, I'm risking. I'm risking. <laughs> It'll be fine. Uh, this is a conversation between a girlfriend and boyfriend, all right? Girlfriend, thinks boyfriend is mad because he's been very quiet. Girlfriend, what are you thinking about? Him, about how bike tyres are made? Ladies, we got to worry about what boys are thinking because nine times out of ten, it's dumb shit like this. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I hate that. What's wrong? Just tell me. There's clearly something wrong. No, I'm just thinking about stupid yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering why a tree is like 15,000 foot tall. I'm not, obviously, just... It's <laughs> the first thing to me. I'm wondering why it's called a vacuum. Yeah, why is it called a vacuum? Never mind. Dad! <laughs> are we pyromaniacs? Yes, we are, son. Huh? <sighs> Let's no, start that again. That's gone over my head. Try on again. Dad! Oh, are we pyromaniacs? Yes, we are, son. Oh, so, oh fuck me. <laughs> oh. oh, God, I'm so slow, but at the same time, that was so bad. It gets better. <laughs> Do you want the next one? <laughs> oh, God, go on. My toddler was about to hit her head on a bar at the playground. So I told her to duck. She quacked at me and then hit her head. <laughs> I used to love doing that to people who just duck the girl hang quack. Ah, I hope we didn't need that. Me vacuuming. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so bad these days when really, you could just empty the hoover, but when you were younger and it went into the fucking bag, they were not good days. Yeah, then you were absolutely fucked. Good old days. Look, Jamie. Can Tom one tell uh, Sean Bean? It's either Sean Bourne or Seen Bean. He can't have it both ways. <laughs> it's Seen Bean. Definitely Seen Bean. Sean Bourne was very, did really make me laugh a lot. Oh, no, no, but it's Seen Bean. It's definitely a very weak journalist week. I'm so sorry, everybody that's watching this or listening to this. I do apologize. Um, this one's for you. How to negotiate with your cat. <laughs> Step one. Step one. Give your cat whatever they want. Step two. End negotiations. Yeah. That seems pretty accurate. Just get your small wins when you can get them. Like later on when I get to shove a worming tablet down a throat. Oh, fucker. Yeah, that's not fun. Having to give cats medicine. Like, oh, okay. This is not going to be fun. Get it in there. I'm squatting the shit out of me. <laughs> This really made me laugh because it's stupid. 
Please enter a new password. Password expired. Chicken. Password must contain a capital. Chicken Kiev. <laughs> oh, fucking absolutely so amazing. Fucking dumb, it's great. <laughs> That's more like it with the dumb jokes. Yes. That really, that was just, that was the best thing ever. So great. I scream. You scream. We all scream just constantly each day. It's a new nightmare in this hellly world we call Earth. <laughs> Sadly true. Yep. Yeah. I did this. I, did, I used to do this all the time as a kid. Jamie, did you ever tidy your room and then spend half the night walking in and out, <laughs> walking in and out? Just look at the great job you've done. <laughs> And you're all like, Mom, Dad, come look at my room. It's so tidy. Yeah, I used to do the exact same thing. I used to do the exact same. <laughs> so I'm going to end on this, Jamie. Compliments for humans, okay? Okay. <laughs> for a thing so full of blood, it's amazing you don't slosh when you walk. <laughs> that is fucking weird. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> Three breath holes? Now you're just showing off. (laughs) (laughs) There's two more. The way you move makes it hard to believe that you're stuffed with bones. (laughs) Not just that. (laughs) And finally, Jamie, wow, that's a lot of skin. But you really make it work. As a fat man that lost a lot of weight, I deserve that compliment. Thank you very much. And that <laughs> was another edition of Tom's Journal. <laughs> Superb. I enjoyed that one. <laughs> not my best, I think. Not my best, but I'm, I'm pretty it. happy with it. So and as far I'm as free friend. breathing holes, I'd quite appreciate at least another one to help with this right now. No, two but... of them don't fucking work. Vix. Vix is wonderful. I don't think they've got any. I wish we got some. I literally said because my mum's not well, and I was like, "Mum, she's put Vix," and she goes, "Love, it's too sticky." But right, okay, just just be sick then. Like, just fucking deal with it. Stop bitching and moaning, and just fucking get on with it then. If you don't want to, if you don't want to help yourself out. <laughs> I do that with Lemsip. I don't want to drink it. It tastes like shit. I'm like, I probably should. It's vile. It- Makes no sense. So me being me, good, I talked myself into buying some because it will help. And then I went to shop, got to fucking grab it. Yeah, of course you did. Of course you did. But Jamie, let's bring in that piece of resistance. Oh yes, we definitely yeah? should bring in that piece of resistance. Welcome to the Chronicles of Christian James. Oh, yes. Christian James is an incredible author. He was brought to our attention by a wonderful former guest, Michael Aloisi. This man writes kids' books, but with a little horror twist to them. He's got some incredible books out there, all about monsters preparing for Halloween, monsters preparing for Christmas. Those are his main ones. But he's also got this incredible, beautiful book called All About Our Main Street. I'm not going to give anything away about it. I want you to find out in this interview all about this book. And if you are a parent out there, I want you to buy this book because it is absolutely beautiful. 
it really is. I, I welled up reading this book. It is that beautiful. So, yeah. And this guy was just great to talk to. He's a huge wrestling fan. So, of course, we had to nerd out a little bit. But, yeah, this is a wonderful one. People are going to enjoy this one. Go check it out. Absolutely. Christian, thank you so much for taking the time out to sit and chat to us. We really, really appreciate your time. Loved it very, very much. And we're very excited for people to check this one out. And like Jamie said, go and purchase his books. You will not, parents mainly, obviously, you will not be disappointed. Jamie! Yes, sir. Any final words? Just a massive thank you to our wonderful guest this week. Thank you so much for talking to us. And yeah, you're a beautiful man. Keep doing what you're doing. Enjoy. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, it's Christian James from his car. Ladies and gentlemen, today we bring you a wonderful author who has dedicated his talent to writing spooky books for spooky children. A man whose website bio made me think I might have been reading about myself. Disney and wrestling, hello. Here to talk all about his wonderful stories in Salem and more. Today we bring you the Chronicles of Christian James. Thanks for having me, I appreciate it. <laughs> no, thanks for, thanks for joining us. I know it's going to be, uh, hopefully it won't be too uncomfortable in, uh, in your vehicle there, so... Uh... But it's a pleasure all the same. Uh, Christian, the biggest question that I like to ask everybody at the beginning of each episode is, how was your pandemic season? I know it's kind of still here in a way, but how was the last two years? Uh, so for me, honestly, I, I worked the entire time. Like, I didn't get to remote. I got to drive, and I live in Los Angeles. So I tell people, like, the you know, I, I don't like to say the you know, the pandemic was an amazing thing, but when it came to driving... Uh, there was nobody on the road, so instead of an hour drive to work, uh, it was only 30 minutes, and then my normal 90-minute drive to two-hour drive home because of traffic was 30 minutes because there was nobody on the road. Um, but it also caused me to switch over from doing uh, scary movies, scary scripts, scary books to kind of going, man, I don't think I want to scare anybody anymore. I want to try to have fun and and do uh i ended up starting writing kids stories kids books but um that actually started in december of 2019 um and then of course the pandemic shut the world down you know friday the 13th of uh, march 2020 so yeah great great times um but but i was one of those people that even though the pandemic shut everything down i was still going places still going out um as we had discussed beforehand, my other job, uh, I was, I was called up a lot. So, uh, I was on, I was doing other, other duties that, um, made it to where I was doing things that I don't wish upon anybody else when it came to dealing with the, the seats, bodies and that kind of thing at coroner's offices. So, yeah, no, 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 That's no, no, not at all. No, not at all. No, no. <laughs> Before we get started, though, we did just want to put out there a big thank you to a former guest of ours, Michael Aloisi, for putting us in touch with you, because that was really nice of him to do that. But take yeah. us back, sir, to the days you were a young boy. What did young Master James want to be when he was growing up? Uh, I wanted to be a veterinarian, actually. Uh, I've grown up with animals since I was, uh, you know, a baby. And growing up, I grew up in uh, Gilbert, Arizona. And at that time, it was a Mormon town filled with corn and cotton fields. 
and my parents, my mom, uh, we actually had a goat, chickens, a turkey, uh, four cats, a dog, two horses. And so I've always been a fan of animals and uh, actually worked at a vet office when I turned 16 and then realized the moment I saw a six foot six, like biker dude carrying his German shepherd in that, you know, the hip went out and they were going to have to put, he's going to have to put his dog down. I went, you know, I don't think I can do this. I don't think this is something I can do. Like I'm, I'm too close to animals. Like I'd be crying with them in the room, you know? Um, And my other thing that I always loved doing was uh, writing. Like I've been writing since I was a junior, I was in junior high but again, I was writing horror stuff. Like the first story I ever wrote for short story in eighth grade was a werewolf story. And my teacher came up to me and goes, you know, the day you get published is I'm going to be the first one to buy your book. And I tried to track her down, but for some reason, my junior high doesn't have any record of her. So I'm like, does she not what? exist? Yeah. No bit suspicious. Like, <laughs> right. I was like, wait a minute. I, I was like, she went by two names. I don't remember her first name, but she got married between seventh and eighth grade and I put her name out there and, and all I got back was we have no record of that individual. Thank you. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know you have a record of her. You're just <laughs> being a jerk. Um, but, uh, and then uh, my senior year in high school uh, for our creative comp class, my, our teacher let us write any story we wanted. So of course I wrote a slasher story and um at the very end, they go. Teacher goes, okay. I'll let I'll let you guys pick one person to read his story, and they picked me. And I was, I'm good at detail. I'm good at visuals. I'm, you know, I legitimately had girls covering their faces and like going, oh my god. <laughs> um, and my teacher at the end goes, I have one question for you, and I'm like, what? He goes, what's wrong with you? Oh. And I'm like, I'm like a lot, uh, <laughs> like. I, I like had in the house like one of those um a, like a large garbage disposal where like he took the person the girl and like put her through the large garbage disposal um had the guy break the had him break the guy in half and stick him in the washer um I got a I got a C on that paper he said it wasn't original <laughs> yeah there's no bitterness I don't remember this 20 years later <laughs> mother hubbard like right. that's um, genius creative i mean that's so creative and like obviously it's not it's completely off your own back like you didn't actually copy anything or you know it's a completely brand new story so that's shame on you teacher <laughs> right so that was 2002 like we didn't really I, I tell people like back in the day when the internet was brand new um <laughs> like you know, I wrote that story. I wish I still had it. Um, my, my, we, you know, back then we had LimeWire and Napster and it gave oh. our computer AIDS. So we lost it <laughs> and I'll never see it again. Um, and then in 2012 or yeah, 2000, 2009, um, I moved out to California for my job and I got into doing uh, movie reviews with a puppet I named uh, called Astley. And they're still on Vimeo. They're still on YouTube, I think. It's called Astley's Craptastically Horrific Movie Reviews. Um, and his name is Astley because he always has a hand up his ass. And 
then I also created a character that was simultaneous with Astley called Jameson the Gay Shark from Jaws. Because if you watch Jaws, he legitimately eats only the guys. He spits out the girls. So I thought that was funny. Like, so I created a, it's a little shark with, you know, the little trigger in the mouth moves. Yeah. Um, and then what I did is my buddy, I actually met my buddy John by via Twitter. He goes, hey, I love these. Would you want help special effects wise? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. So I actually bought a green suit and I was working both at the same time. So throwing my voice with the two characters. Um, and then John and I came together and we made a movie called Sledge. Um, it's called, uh, it came out in 2015, directed DVD, got worldwide distribution on it. I played Adam Lynch and I wrote it. And then I ended up producing documentaries like A Perfect Bid, which is on Netflix. It was on Delta Airlines. And then my life kind of took a break uh, due to personal issues. And now, like I said, in 2019, I kind of came back and I started doing kids books. And then, like you mentioned, Michael, um, I initially self-published my first book, uh, which was uh, once uh, All Hallows Even Salem. But it. But my buddy goes, hey, reach out to this guy. Like, he's looking for kids horror theme, you know, monster books. And I sent it to Michael. And Michael wrote me back. He goes, oh, my God, I love this. I want this. And then I signed a three-book deal with him. So that's where All Hallows' Eve, uh, Building Our Main Street, and Once Upon a Christmas Eve in Salem all came from. There's a good roundup for you for the last 20 years. I like it. But where did the idea to write kids' books come from, especially with a background doing not very kid-friendly things? <laughs> sure. So um, I'm a big fan of the Polar Express. So Chris Van Allsburg. Um, I saw he was going to be at the Grove in L.A. Uh, in December. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, we went and met him. And when I met him, I didn't know he did Jumanji. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, and I looked at her and I go, you know, I think I want to do kids books. And she goes, really? I'm like, yeah, like, why not? It's a challenge. Right. Um, so a week later I ended up writing, uh, my first one it's called finding Prancer, but I signed half the rights away to my illustrator and she's at NYU right now. So we'll get that one out eventually. Um, and then the second one I wrote was building our main street which is also released by AM Inc. Publishing with Michael. Um, and we were just leaving Disneyland. And I remember looking up, my uh, my wife looked at me and goes, you know, I really wish like retirement homes were kind of like Disney's Main Street where you go to a different building and it's a movie theater, or it's a candy shop or it's this because her grandmother had been in a, uh, she had hurt her hip and was in like a rehab center. And then my dad passed away in 2018. So I kind of melded the stories together. Um, and that ended up being like my first fleshed out story. And um, like I said, that got published last July and we actually celebrated, I have a seven month old daughter. So she was a month old when the book came out and we took her to Disneyland to take up, you know, with her, with the book. And, um, and then All Hallows Eve just kind of came to us. Uh, we had COVID honeymoon in Salem and I was walking down Essex and I was like, I really want to write a kid's book with monsters about Salem. And she goes, what's it about? I'm like, I don't know. Two months later, I was like, I got the idea. And I went to my office and uh, 20 minutes later, I came out with the story and I said, I got it. Here it is. 
Where did that idea come from then? You said you got the idea. Where, where did you get that idea from? Um, so I have a Boris Karloff Universal Monsters bust. And it used to be up in my apartment until we got until I got married and my wife went, <laughs> no. And <laughs> and now it's back in storage with the rest of my Ninja Turtle collection and Walking Dead figures and everything. Um, but I just I was just like I had the idea. I was like, what if kids were getting ready for Halloween? But what if it's the monsters? Like we never really see how monsters would get ready for Halloween. So I was like, what if Frankie works at the witch house? What if Wolfie, you know, is the re, you know, and he has to howl to start Halloween off. And of course we got to have Drac and we got to have the creature from the black lagoon, which I named Gilly. They're the Gillies. That's the family. Um, and it just kind of came together. And, um, you know, the, the real roadblock for me is I can't draw. I have no drawing ability. Like if I draw a stick figure, you're still going to laugh at me. And, so my my wife goes what about have you ever looked at upwork and i went i don't even know what that is um i ended up meeting Alyssa. uh i ended up putting the the story online and she she bid and sent me a picture and the picture's actually in the book um and then same with building our main street i did the same thing and matia reached out to me so that's that's how i got them made because i can't draw a lick like i still have i have about 45 kids stories i would love to illustrate one day but I also have a gnarly, like, horror-themed graphic novel I would love to make. Um, I just need to find the right artist to, to be able to do it. So, go on, Jay. No, no, go on. I say, where did the love of horror come from then, originally? Because obviously, you said you wrote slashes and all that sort of stuff before you obviously got into kids' books. So where did the initial love of horror come from? So according to my eldest brother, who's 14 years older than me, the moment I got home from the hospital from being born, my mom put me on the couch and there was a horror movie on. Like, yeah, I've been watching them since I was born. The first one I remember was Child's Play when I was like four or five. Like, I still remember the nightmare because I remember watching it and then going to sleep. And my brother and I used to share a bed and I woke up and I saw good guy dolls all around me and I punched him because he was a good guy dolls. <laughs> Like, I saw that at five. I saw Nightmare on Elm Street when I was six and then The Fly. Um, when I when I went to go get my tonsils out when I was like seven, my dad took me to Toys R Us and goes, you can pick any toy for under 30 bucks. And I picked a talking Freddy Krueger doll. And he goes, how do you even know who he is? And I'm like, mom told me. And then there was a big fight later and it was probably because of me. But... <laughs> I rebought it when I got home from uh, from Iraq, and it's still in the box. And I actually got it signed by Robert England at Wes Craven's um, tribute show at the Egyptian in 2015. So that's one of my prized possessions I have. That's awesome. <laughs> but, I, just love, I just love the fact you started an argument between your parents by wanting a toy. <laughs> well, it, that's the thing is, it wasn't even my dad. Like I always say, like my my childhood was kind of ass backwards in the way that. You know, they always say, like, your dad's supposed to be the one showing you movies you're not supposed to watch because mom will get mad. No, no, it was reversed. Like, my mom and I used to go to, to Blockbuster all the time when my dad was – my dad was a fireman and military, so he was gone quite a bit. So if he was out of town, we were at Blockbuster getting the, you know, Return of the Living Dead 3, you know, Bad Moon, um, 
like all these, you know, they're great movies to me, but you know, back in the day, they were a lot of them, they were direct to DVD for the most part or direct to VHS. Um, but that was my childhood. Like I lived in the video store. Is, do you reckon that's what made you want to get into the world of making movies? Like you said, you did do your friend just being so like in that world of watching movies all the time. Yeah. And, and the fact that like, like I said, John, I always say everything happens for a reason, good, bad, otherwise. And John reached out to me and like, he got very big into like filming, like video filming. And he owns up, he, he lives up in Potsdam, New York, which is 30 minutes from the Canadian border. And he, him and his family own a lot of land. So I wrote the sledge script in a day and a half and I sent it to him and I go, look, I want Adam Lynch to joke. I want him to be, I don't want him to be the quiet slasher. I want him to be kind of silly and goofy. And then when the movie came out, I was at conventions and just talking to people and they're like, do you know who Deadpool is? And I'm like, I have no idea who Deadpool is. I've heard of the character. I don't know anything about him. They go read his, read some of his comics. Like Adam Lynch is like the Deadpool of horror slashers. That's what one, one fan came up and actually said to me. And I went, okay, I ended up reading Deadpool and I got hooked. Cause I was like, this is amazing. This is hilarious. And then of course, Ryan Reynolds came out and plays Deadpool in one and two. And now the third one coming out. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to create something fun and different. Like I, we had, our budget was $800. Like, you know, we made the blood on my buddy Russ's stove. Um, we didn't have money for, uh, for special effects. So every, every time Adam Lynch goes to like hit somebody with a sledge, it's a cutaway to a cup of blood with chewed up hot dog for brain. Right. <laughs> like we didn't even have enough running time. We didn't even have enough running time for, uh, for the film so i told john i'm like what if we did like an elvira type thing but we bring astley into it so we brought astley in to do like the the host of the thing and we even made a fake trailer called amish paradise where we actually filmed real amish because i'm like look if they ever try to sue us we just go look you're faking how'd you see this because oh, they, they shouldn't they should never have seen it right <laughs> so that is genius yeah so like we that's how we got away with some of the stuff because we had all this free land and then we brought in john's friend rachel to play like the girl watching the crappy movie the, like we again we knew sledge wasn't any masterpiece like i have an open mind to horror like i looked at it as like look this is the first thing we've ever done we had 800 bucks it's good it's not great it's fun and it's funny like, I tell people you either really like the movie or you really hate it, and there's no in-between. And that's how I would want it. Like, I would love for you to either really like it or really not. Like, I had a guy write a review that said he wished my mom never had me, and I went, my mom probably wished that sometimes, too. So, <laughs> I get it. Like, I, I, I tell people, like, I kill everybody with kindness. Like, I wrote the guy back, and I'm like, well, I appreciate your words. Hopefully, the next thing I do, you'll enjoy more. Um, he watched it again because he's like, wow, you're actually nice. I thought you were going to be mean to me. I'm like, no, I know that's what you want. He wrote, he watched it again. He's like, I don't really like it. I'm sorry. I'm like, that's fine. I don't care. He watched it a third time and go, wrote me back and goes, I actually get it now. I really like it. Do you need help with the sequel? <laughs> I'm like, no. Like, why would I bring you on to a sequel when you wish my mother aborted me? 
Why watch it for a third time if you didn't like it? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. What? It's like you win. stab yourself. It's like you stab yourself in the hand once. You're like, nah, you know, that hurt. <laughs> On the third time, hurt? though, it's numb. Yeah, third time it's numb. I'm. I'm gonna do it one more time. Let's see. Oh, going back, going back to the, going back to hello. Oh, oh there here he is. Back, so. There he <laughs> is. Did I freeze? <laughs> yeah, massively. But going back to the the monster books that you've made, you you've made like your own little universe with these, really, with these characters. Was that the plan for the start, or something that just went? I enjoyed this. I'm gonna do another one with these characters. Yeah, honestly, it was just I did the first one. I was like, you know what? If we did a Christmas one, like I'm big on holidays and I love Christmas. Christmas is my is besides Halloween, of course, is my favorite holiday. And and I had so much fun with that one because like I wrote the story and I was like, okay, this is cool. I really like it. But when we were illustrating it, I, I looked at, I, I messaged Alyssa and I'm like, I want to add a bunch of Christmas movie Easter eggs because my goal is not just to sit there and wa- read this once. I want you to go back and actually be able to like look for things. So like, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I have in there because Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I don't care what anybody says. There is an Easter egg to Die Hard. Hans, so the ghosts are singing in the book and they have like where they're playing their sheet music. It's on like a little tombstone. It has Hans Gruber on it and it has Alan Rickman's birth date, birth year, and then the, the year he passed away in Die Hard because that's where he fell from the Nakatomi building. Like that is like, to me, the greatest Easter egg I could have thought of, besides my Gilly being dressed as Cousin Eddie from a Christmas vacation, <laughs> where he's sitting in front of the house with a moose cup. I literally read that earlier and I did not spot that. How, how did I not spot that? <laughs> I love things like yeah. that. Fair play. I love See, things like that. Yeah, so on my Instagram, the World of Christian James page, I put on there all the Easter eggs for families to be able to go through and look and find. Um, now I do have a Valentine's day story where like you find out which monsters the witches are dating. And then I have another one that I wrote called Frankie babysits the little monsters. And that's supposed to be like three or four years later. And you see the babies of those monsters and Frankie's babysitting them. So it's kind of like a, a grown up, you, you get to see who they, who they're with and how their child is. And, um, I've always said I'm Wolfie. So, uh, like my, my child's name is Halloween. And so my daughter's name is Abigail and she literally is Halloween. Like she just loves to talk like me. So, but those are, those are down the line. Those will be in the next couple of years, hopefully. I love that you've got books that follow on from each other. Like, I think that's a genius, genius move. But is it writing for kids, like, quite a difficult thing? Not in the sense of writing the stories, but there's a lot of rigmarole involved, isn't there? Is there a lot of what? Sorry? It's a lot of rigmarole involved. So it's like, you can't write about this. You can't write about that. You can't say this. Can't. Say. Is there any of that, that involved? Uh, not really. Like, with building our main street, um, I didn't want... I didn't want anything to be where it would turn people off from it. So in other words, like, like I'm a Christian. I believe when I pass away, I know I'm going to heaven, but I don't know what you believe. I don't know if you believe in heaven. 
I don't know if you believe after you finish your main street, you know, you go somewhere else or whatever. So that was the only thing is once I wrote it, I went back and deleted certain things because I wanted it to be inclusive. Um, yeah. And again, not PC inclusive, just I want everybody to be able to sit here, read the book, because the ultimate goal for like Main Street, like I have a sequel coming out. It's already done. It's already illustrated. It's called Building Our Rainbow Bridge. And it's for those people that lost their their fur children or even if it's a snake, it's a cat, it's a tarantula, whatever your pet of choices. You know, I want people to be able to sit down with their kid and go, you know, you'll see them again. And here's where they went. And. You know, it's about their favorite places and memories. And like I have an entire like you're talking about continuation. I have other stories called like building our togetherness, building our forgiving tree, like all these stories, because I want it to be a way for parents to be able to sit and talk to their kids about their emotions and what they're feeling, and what they're thinking, because I'm going to be honest, my dad sucked at talking about emotion. My dad sucked talking about feelings. You know, he's like, hey, suck it up, get over it. You know, no, I yeah. want I, I want people to be able to talk about these things um, because I remember what it was like being a teenager. Like my dad legitimately took my cable box because he thought me watching the WWF was making me an asshole, like and getting angry with him. And I'm like, no, I'm 13. Like everything you say upsets me and I don't know why I can't control it. <laughs> you know, it's not because Stone Cold's flipping everyone off. It's because. <laughs> You tell me to take out the trash and it upsets me and I don't know why. <laughs> I do you know what when I read uh Burning Our Main Street, like it absolutely ruined me. But I then it got me thinking, ruined me as in like it, it really hit me hard. I was like, wow, this is incredible because I don't think that these sort of books actually exist anywhere apart from yourself. I've never seen them ever. Um Quite a genius move, actually, because, uh, yeah, I think it's incredible. It's great that you, if, to get parents talk with their kids, that sort of thing, because like you said, like back when we were younger, it never really happened. Like you say, your dad's just like, oh, it'd be fine. Don't worry about like, let's not, you don't worry. Just just get, get over it and move on. Let's go. Come on, crack on. Um, but I, I just felt like it was a very personal story, and I just absolutely loved it. It really hit me in the feels, as it were. No, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Like, that was the one thing, too, right? So when my grandfather died, my so this was technically my step-grandfather, but I never knew my dad's dad. He passed before I was born. His uh, This individual's name was Grandpa Taylor, and he, he passed away, and I looked at my dad. I'm like, tell me about him. And he goes, just know he loved you. And I'm like, that's not what I want. <laughs> I want to know him. So... The Main Street book actually was because of my nephews. Like when my dad passed away, it was very unexpected. Um, and my, my nephew was like, when I saw him, he goes, yeah, my dad called me and he was nine. He's like, I just hope he's not, you know, I was like, I hope he's not dead. I hope he's not dead. I'm like, you don't understand what that means. But I was like, I want to be able to sit and be able to talk to you about your grandpa so you know who he is. But then I was like, I also want you to be able to sit with your dad and for your dad to be able to tell him stories about himself so you get to know your dad better. And then hopefully you can tell your dad right now at this age what's on your main street right now. Because when I was six, it was Ninja Turtles. It was pizza. It was the Chicago Bulls. You know, fast forward 10 years, it was completely different. But that's why there's two blank pages at the end of the, the hardcover book. Um, and paperback because I want people to be able to sit down with their kid and put their age and say, okay, what's on your main street today? 
And then in three years, five years, eight years, go back, kind of like when you're measuring your kid's height on a wall, Mm. go, okay, what is it now? What has changed? Because I guarantee you when that kid goes into his 20s, he's going to revert back to loving things that he loved, he or she loved when they're five or six, because they're not going to care what anybody thinks anymore, because that's our biggest thing. Like, I love the Power Rangers, but if I was 15 or 16 and you asked me about the Power Rangers, I don't watch that. Even though at 17 I was wearing a Power Ranger shirt, I got it hot topic. (laughs) The brand new store at the mall. (laughs) Just to reiterate on what Tom said, you know, this book is beautiful. I I had tears in my eyes when I was reading earlier. I've got kids and it was just, yeah, it absolutely broke me like Tom said, but... I'm not a religious man, but you are doing the Lord's work with this sort of book because in a personal way with my daughter, when my wife's grandmother passed away, we couldn't think of a way to really explain it in a way that she'd understand, which is sort of like, she's not here anymore, you know, but that, I mean, the book, when I read it, I was like, if only I had this sort of thing, then it's such a beautiful way to make them understand. Thank you. Yeah. And, and like I said, it uh, the idea came between, my father passing away and realizing there's nothing out there because i mean if you go on amazon like there are other kind of other books but not really um and and that was the thing too right is i wanted it to be something different unique and and i i wrote it um so i wrote it in about 20 minutes and i texted it to my now wife and she's my biggest critic like she'll always tell me like there's needs more detail needs more this needs more that I didn't hear from her for an hour and a half to two hours. I was like, man, it must suck. <laughs> and finally, finally she, she gets back to me and she goes, uh, cause she was a teacher at the time, high school teacher. And she goes, I had to step out of my class cause I started crying. So I had to go show another teacher and they started crying. She goes, this is a really, really good story. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. You know, I'm like, Oh my God, I wrote something good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So I, I'm of the mindset of the Kevin Smith mindset, right? Where Kevin Smith is always like, they're like, you're a director. And he's like, yeah, kind of, you know, <laughs> and same with me. They're like, hey, you're a writer. I'm like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> because I don't, I don't want it to sound bad, but I write my stories really, really fast. Like I can, I wrote All Hallows Eve in 15, 20 minutes. I wrote Mainstream 15, 20 minutes. I wrote Building Our rainbow bridge in the same time like i have the idea it's a stream of consciousness i write it down i read it once and then i send it to my wife and a friend to read to give me feedback if anything needs to change so and then it just kind of sits there like i'm trying to find a literary agent and i sent my stories to a guy that's helping me and he picked a story from april of 2020 i don't even remember reading writing it and he goes this is your story this is the one i love because he loves Rainbow Bridge and Main Street, but he goes, those are already done. And um, and I was like, I, and then he sat with me recently and we went through and redid it. Because I told him, I go, I don't remember writing the story, so I'm not like super dedicated to it. Um, and, you know, for me, it's, it, it I just, I just want to be able to help people and help families and help kids. Because again, we grew up in a time when I think our dad's pretty much, didn't show real a whole lot of emotion and I don't want that to be with my daughter like I you know I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow I don't know if I'm going to be here next week like I want to be able to tell her everything I can you know and share everything I can with her because I don't 
I don't want it to be like my parents where they went to Hawaii and dumped me and my brother off at my grandmother's for a week. And I still haven't been to Hawaii. So I'm like, come on. <laughs> right? Like, but I understand ass. you want to get rid of us. I get it. We're annoying, but damn, come on. Take us with you. <laughs> Have you had much feedback from parents regarding the book, like using it to help their kids? So that's, that's kind of the, I think one of the most shocking parts, right? All Hallows Eve in Salem did very well. Like it did very well. Like when we self-published it initially, I was shocked. Like I bought 50 copies thinking they may sell. We sold over like 1500 copies in a month. Like I couldn't keep them in stock. So I thought building our mainstream was going to be something similar. Honestly, it didn't do very well. Like people loved it. I did a lot of podcasts, like interviews and, you know, I was hoping, but here, here's, let me put it this way. I've had multiple families reach out to me and tell me that it helped them out a lot. So, and I told my wife, I'm like, look, it's not about money. It's about helping people. Like if I, I found out that, you know, my friends have lost a family member. I write them and I go, Hey, can I send them a book? Do you have their address? Like, I don't care about the money. I want to help them, their family. Like if this book could be a way of closing a gap or healing, like that's what I want. And so I I always told my wife, I'm like, yeah, we sold like six books. She goes, yeah, how many do we give away? I'm like, uh, about 30. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, cause I can't, I'm not that person that when a family, when somebody's mourning, I can't be like, Hey, uh, by the way, you owe me, you owe me 25 bucks for for the book. You know, like my, my buddy, one of my closest friends, like his grandmother passed away and I saw him posted on Instagram that his grandmother passed away and I instantly got a book, signed it to him and his family, mailed it. He didn't know it was coming. He got it in the mail and he called me crying because he's just like, you know, I needed this. And I'm like, I know. He goes, what do I owe you? I'm like, nothing. Share it with your daughter. Like read it to your daughter and talk to her about your, what was her great grandmother. Like, tell her stories. Don't let her, you know, it's like the movie Coco. Like, don't let their memory die. Like, share these stories to to build upon them. Like, that's what we need, especially right now. Like, I always tell people in America, I'm like, I don't care what your political stance is or what your political party is. Just be nice. <laughs> like, that's what we need. We need togetherness. We need happiness. We need people to be happy. Like, stop worrying about what the person on the left says or what the person on the right says, like, look at your neighbor. Like, that's what matters, not what the media wants you to believe. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that one. But, but Unless they're a Patriots fan, Christian, then I'm probably not going to get on with them. <laughs> I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, and we've never won a Super Bowl, so I don't say much. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm a massive Steelers fan just because of Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle was my hero growing up. So I associated because from Pittsburgh. So I was like, well, I want to be a Steelers fan then because he's a legend. So I'll just support the Steelers. And then I luckily got to meet him in 2015. So I wore a Ben jersey and he was like, oh, I would just chat for him. It was awesome. Anyway, that's a whole other story. So I actually have quite a soft spot for the Cardinals. And uh, yeah, but what threw me was you're a massive Cards fan being from Arizona. So why do you support the Cubs? So I'm originally from Chicago. Okay. Right. Okay. Got you. <laughs> so I, so one of the things I could talk to my dad about was the bears. So I did follow the bears. 
Um, but in 2005, 2006, they were building the new stadium in Arizona. And I went, yeah. you know what? I want to have my own team. I'll still like follow the Bears because it's the family team, so I have stuff to talk to them about. But I want to be a Cardinals fan. And they drafted Matt Leinart. I'm like, yes, we're, we're on the right path. We've got Matt Leinart and Larry Fitzgerald. Well, Matt Leinart went down with a broken collarbone. And here comes Kurt Warner, you know, and and oh. uh, you talk about Pittsburgh Steelers. So the 2008 Super Bowl, yeah. Santonio Holmes, now that they have like super in-depth replay, his t- his tippy-toe touchdown at the end of the game, he was out of bounds. But um, <laughs> I, I was actually taking a friend to the airport during that game. And I was listening to it on Sirius XM. And when Fitzgerald caught the touchdown, my phone started buzzing like, I'm like, you jerks. You just jinxed them. Now the Cardinals are going to lose. And uh, and so when they ended up losing, I'm like, okay. I was like, you know what? I'm a Cubs fan. I'm used to losing. So when, <laughs> when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, I tell people Game 7 was the best, worst, best game of my life. Because you're like, oh, my God, they're going to do it. Eighth inning comes up. Rajay Davis hits the home run to tie the game. Oh, my God, they're going to choke and lose it. I'm not going to be able to watch Major League ever again because the Indians are going to ruin my life. You know, and then they and then they got the last they, they won the game. And I tell people, I'm like, I don't care if any of my other teams win. I got to see something my grandfather never got to see. He was a, he, he died at 93, born in 1918. He never saw Cubs win the World Series. Like I got to see something that that man never got to see, unfortunately. And he was a Cubs fan. So. I mean, that's incredible for the fact that you got to witness that obviously for him. I've never understood that sport. I've never got baseball. I don't know if it's a British thing. Cause obviously we have cricket here, which is fucking yeah. terrible, but like, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't want. I was in Colorado four years ago, and a, a Denver fan was trying to explain it to me, and I was going, "I just don't get it. What is it about that game? Because it lasts ages, doesn't it? As well. Yeah, it's like three and a half hours, three hours. Okay, so same as NFL. I might have to give it a bash because I'm just. I don't know. I don't know if it's a ball with you hit it with a stick kind of sports. So I'm a bit like, meh. So I'll, when's the new season starting? Uh, new season starts, uh, I think it's end of March, beginning of April. That's when it usually starts. Like, pitchers and catchers report on Valentine's Day, which I always thought is weird. It's like, really? You're not going to let them spend it with their significant other? You're going to make <laughs> you show up um, to, to Arizona or to, you know, Florida? Cool. Um, but the season usually starts around April 1st because it's my birthday. So that's how I always know it. And it's WrestleMania season, um, oh. which I'll be I'll be at WrestleMania this year. So No way! Uh, yeah, of course, the line, isn't it? Yep. I was there last year, too. I actually met Kurt Angle there last year at uh, oh. WrestleCon. Um, Mickey James, Trish Stratus, Lita. Um, I still need to meet Stone Cold. Like, that is the epitome of him and The Rock are the two that I have yet to meet. Um, but, yeah, baseball, like, I get it. Like, a lot of people don't get it, right? They find it boring, and that's fine. Like, I always tell people, like, there's – it's like soccer or football. I don't care. I can go to a game and I love it, but I cannot watch it on TV. Baseball for me is I have the game on and I'm doing other things. Like 
Okay. I, I used to watch the Cubs on my iPad and play a video game because again, it's slow. Like I can see what's happening and I have ADD in a way so I can multitask. Okay. So, so um, I get it. Yeah, no fact. I, I was, I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick about it. Obviously I was just, I, I, do you know what for Christian, I'll give it a go this year and I'll see what it's all about and see if I can actually get my head around it. Because quite a few of my friends love it, like absolutely love it. So, um, first things first, did you enjoy the Royal Rumble? I did. I think the very, well, let's be honest. Everybody knew who was winning the Men's Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a huge AEW nut. I was at the first pay-per-view in Vegas when it first came out. I went to the first, uh, ah, crap. Was it, was it All Out in Chicago? Yes. The original. Where original. Jericho won the title? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Jericho yeah. won the title? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I was I was there. I, I dragged my brother. I was like, you're going with me. Let's go. Um, like, I was at, I was just at AEW a couple weeks ago, and then my wife was nine months pregnant last June when we went uh, to the <laughs> one here, and I, and I caught COVID there. Um, no! That was great. Yeah, we caught it. I legitimately caught it 11 days before my daughter was born. Um <sighs> Yeah, and uh, that was great. Like, and and I and I tell people like, man, I was tough. Like, I didn't catch it, and I was working in a coroner's office for two years. Like, I was good. Damn AEW. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the rumble. Like, I thought uh, Gunther. Like, man, that that dude's a beast. Like, I really I loved him in NXT, NXT UK. I really hope they push him. Like, he is awesome. Um, the women, I love the fact they let Rhea and Liv go all the way to the end. Um, yeah. I'm a big Liv Morgan fan. I really wish they would have uh, let her win, but I knew they weren't going to. Um, when Nia Jax came back, I think a lot of us <laughs> went, oh, no. That's exactly how I reacted. Because she hurts people. Um, so then um, – and then the end with Roman and – Oh. Like legitimate, like I knew it was coming to the end, but I was hoping it wasn't yet. I wanted to see it go longer. Yeah, I loved Sammy Uso, like I, but I love Kevin Owens. I've been a huge Kevin Owens fan since he was Kevin Steen and like all that. But the, and then Jay's reaction, like the fact that he looked hurt, like so upset and hurt. I'm like. Like, man, I really hope they're going back to when Jay was fighting Roman during the pandemic era. Because those were amazing matches that yeah. nobody seems to remember. Main event, Jay, you like, they've got to bring it back. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so I'm, I'm excited to see where they go. Like, I'm excited for Monday Night Raw. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm happy Vince left and Triple H took over because I got so tired. Oh, my God. You turned L.A. Knight into Max Dupree. Carrying <laughs> <laughs> Cross in a gladiator outfit. Like, what? Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing, does he, anymore, bless him. Just, no. Bye-bye. Much better now. Much better now. It is, and I love Vince McMahon. Like, you know, he was, he's, he's the architect of my childhood in a very big way. But, oh, God. 
when Karrion, when Karrion, like, popped up on Monday Night Raw first time, I was like, oh, my God. I told my wife, because I was big in NXT, I'm like, just wait. Like, Scarlett's going to come out and do this, and Karrion's awesome. And, and he came out wearing that, no Scarlett. I'm like, wait. Oh, my God. They're going to kill him. <laughs> you know? It was like the Simpsons meme. Stop it. You're killing him. <laughs> <laughs> He's already dead. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Ralph going ah, in danger. <laughs> like, yeah, like I met I met Karrion and Scarlet at at WrestleCon last year, and I didn't even know what to say to him. I'm just like, bro, sorry. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say to you. Like, I'm such a big fan, but oh, <laughs> what what happened? I, I don't love to know what made him think that's a good idea. We'll do that. I, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. but again, like Carrion's back and they're jobbing him out too again. So I'm just like, I don't know what they're doing anymore. Like, I'm like, maybe just have Carrion go away for a while, have him come back as a complete beast. Mm. Like, I mean, I understand Ray won on a roll up, but still, it's like eh, nobody cares. No, that's the problem. What do you, you guys think of the Rumble? I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, predictable winner, but really enjoyed the match itself. See, I wanted Sammy to be in it and to win it. I wanted him to be down to Sammy and Cody and everyone thinking Cody's going to win and obviously just, just missed it by that much sort of thing and have Sammy win the Rumble then be like, oh, what's going to happen? What are they going to do now? Oh, my God. Well, yeah, because Ray never technically entered, so everybody, I was hoping like there was going to be like a random thirtieth pick, like or mm. or like Sammy pops up. But I think WWE is kind of currently in a bit of a pickle because it reminds me of Daniel Bryan and also the Kofi Mania situation, where yeah, congratulations, your golden boy Cody Rhodes. Like, I'm sorry, I love Cody, but I got so tired of him in AEW. Like every damn toy figure series came out, and there's a Cody. There's a Cody. There's a Cody. Cody's has his own TV show now. Like, oh, yeah. I don't, you, I officially don't care about you anymore. Like, and I'm sorry to say that. So when he came back at Mania, I was there. I didn't care. I was like, I'll shut the And then he had his match with his torn pec. That one I was behind him. It's like, you know what, dude? That's awesome. I'm proud. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, like, that is crazy you're doing that. But, <clears throat> I want Sammy has the story. Sammy has the heart. Like, so it, right now, what I'm thinking is they keep talking about Roman wrestling two nights. Maybe have him wrestle Saturday and Sunday, one against Cody, once against Sammy. That's what I'm hoping. Oh. They do. That's what I'm hoping. They do. But but then do you keep one of the titles on Roman? Do you have Cody lose, or do you have Sammy lose? Or do you have him lose both? Yeah. They've made themselves a problem now. Yeah, and I'm going to be there going, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, I'm either going to erupt or go, oh, my, because I was at WrestleMania 33 with Taker and Roman in Florida. And and when Roman beat Taker, I went, really? (laughs) That's what we all said. Like, I was like, this sucks. But, you know, the Hardys came back, and I lost my mind. Yeah, was I was amazing. like, that's 
but but then Cena proposed to Nikki, and I'm sitting here going, "Oh my God, I don't care. It's not gonna last." And, and... <laughs> I didn't go to bath. I didn't go to the bathroom for eight hours, and I was like, "This is my opportunity." But so many other people were doing that too. I knew it wasn't gonna work. <laughs> Sorry, Nikki. I hope your spe- your four part special goes well. <laughs> Oh, I suppose we should actually carry on talking about your books, really. That's what we're here to talk about. Just me. I could talk wrestling all day. Like, I love it. So That's a problem. So could we. But yeah. with your characters, especially the Salem characters, would sure. you like to do more with those characters, like off the page? Because I think they'd be great as like a cartoon animated series. Something like. Is that something you've ever thought about? Yeah, so... Um... I actually, so my wife's an assistant principal and at her school, I reached out to them because I actually wrote a script for All Hallows Even Salem. So the story goes, you know, it's a, it would be like a Charlie Brown, um, Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown type thing, where it'd be like a, you know, a 22 minute cartoon, uh, but you get more in depth with the characters and the, and the story, you know, I end up bringing in the, the town's kids a little bit more where their goal is to get three uh, pillowcases full of candy. And uh, they're going around to all the houses and you see the monsters as they're doing their thing and the monsters going trick or treating with their little ones and that kind of thing. And then, you know, the feel good moment that's different from this compared to the other is, um, you know, at the very end, all the leftover candy Frankie takes to the children's hospital that uh, weren't able to go trick or treating. And at the end, you know, the kids look at their three large pillowcases because they did reach their goal. And they, they end up donating it to the kids because they're like, we're not going to eat all this. And, you know, I, I'm hoping, cause my goal again is to help people. So I asked my, my wife, if she could reach out to her, her school's art teacher, cause they're doing animation and asking if they'd want to help like either do like a sizzle reel or try to actually create it. Cause I'd love to get them IMDB credit, maybe help push them into that career once they graduate high school. Um, but I do have that. Uh, the other thing that I'm looking to do is, you know, I told you guys about the, the puppets that I started with. <laughs> um, my goal is actually to get puppets made of, of Frankie and Drac to start and then doing a kid's TV show with the puppets where I have a green screen behind me. And it's like a weekly five minute thing on YouTube where it's just fun. It's learning. It's, you know, different stuff like that. Um, because again, it's something I enjoy. I love these characters. Like, I don't know if you guys saw my website um, last March. I created what I call the spooky version of Elf on a Shelf. It's called Drax's Tomb in a Room, and uh, Drax comes in a coffin, a 13-inch coffin, magnetic enclosure, and Drax is actually bendy. He has wire inside of him, and he can hang upside down and hold five pounds. So. The ultimate goal was for people to be able to have fun with him all October long. And the kids actually get to play with them because Elf on a Shelf, if you touch the elf, he loses his power and can't go tattle on you to Santa Claus. So I was like, well, what if Drac, like, what if it's the kids are supposed to incorporate him and have fun with him? And and it's their job to put him back in his coffin um, at, at the end of each night, you know, yeah, sorry, in the morning because the sun is just dreadful for him. Um, but he did very well. Like we did an initial run of a thousand, um, 
And in a few months we sold half of them. Um, and a lot of them went to stores. Like I had somebody reach out to me about wholesale and we started doing wholesale. So now they're in Las Vegas, they're in Salem, they're in Texas, they're in Arizona, they're here in California, they're in New Orleans. Um, and again, it's, it, I, I tell people, I'm like, my goal is to just hopefully let kids have fun. Um, I created a Frankie, I created a Gilly, I'm having a Meredith, the Purple Witch made right now. Um, and it's one of those, if people want them, I will gladly produce them. Cause I'm not going to, I don't believe in ripping people off. Like I don't, you know, that's why uh, like we make minimal profit off of a lot of the stuff that that we sell including my books that's why they're free shipping and stuff like that um and because i just want people to be able to have these and to share them and let their kids enjoy them um so yeah like my goal would i would love to do a tv show i would love to be able to build these characters out have more fun with them let them be more fleshed out on a on a tv show um the, the, the one stories that I that I wrote during COVID was called um, The Crazy Misadventure and True Life Stories of Ella, um, where this girl tells these outlandish stories. Because I've gone to a couple schools reading my book, and this one kid, he actually kind of inspired it. Because he's like, he goes, my mom was bit by a zombie last night, and she died, but she woke up today, and she's fine. Like, what? <laughs> like, how do I reply to this? He goes, yeah, she fell out of a helicopter and she landed on a car and she walked away. And I'm like, are you watching She-Hulk <laughs> with the character that kills himself? Like, you know, I'm trying to like process like what he's saying. Um, but but with this story, um, Ella, she tells these outlandish stories. But at the end of each, each uh, story, you're like, wait, there's always a hint that maybe she wasn't lying. Like she gets swept away at the ocean and comes aboard a pirate ship. And um, so like, you know, it's one of those type things. And when she gets, when she leaves the pirate ship, she ends up, you know, producing his hat, Adam Lynch, Adam Lynch's pirate hat. And people are like, wait, that's real. Is it fake? Did she already have it? Um, but then at the end of the series, the very end, like I wrote 22 stories. So like I was thinking 20, 22 episodes, right? So the very last episode is it's her birthday party and all the monsters are showing up. All the people from her stories are showing up to celebrate her birthday with her. And her parents are like, wait a minute, this was all true. That's like all these tales, all these stories, like, that that would be the store the, the 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 show I would absolutely love to make because I love being able to just create nonsense. That's what I call it. Like it's just nonsense to me because it's our it's our imagination of like when we were kids and like wanting to jump off the top rope and like you know elbow drop. Like I legitimately have an episode where she gets whisked away to this fairy land and she has to wrestle for the fairy championship. <laughs> because again i'm like man i would have given anything in the day to like get pulled into the ring and like go one-on-one -on -one with stone cold you know i love it so much I don't... you've got all these amazing ideas would you like to do this for a full-time living or you're happy doing it as like a i don't want to say a hobby because we'll take it serious but you know aside from your day-to-day -day job as well oh no i've told my wife the moment i can retire and do things that i want to do um i'm done 
Like, <laughs> because this isn't like, like talking to you guys, right? This isn't work to me. This is fun. Like I love being able yeah. to talk and, and have fun and, and do stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. My job is great, but I sit at a desk for eight hours doing things to help other people. Like I do cybersecurity. That's my job. That's great. It's wonderful. <laughs> if I can sit and write stories and, and, and create dolls or TV shows or series or movies or anything like that, that's the dream because my, my philosophy is friends helping friends. So it wouldn't just be me. Like I would bring my friends in to help. I would want, I would, I would try to get their projects going too. Um, and I think that's one of the hardest parts about this, this entire business coming from movies and things is I had a lot of friends that when I made sledge, like because of Astley, like I had a lot of friends in the business, but then when I made sledge, they all vanished because a lot of people don't want to help other people. They want the limelight for themselves. And if you take it, you know, and if you start doing your own thing, they're afraid you're going to take from them. And I'm like, no, that's not how we should look at things. We should look at it as your friend's doing something. Now you can help him and then he can help you and bring other people in and help each other out. Um, and that's been my mentality ever since I came back into creating and doing stuff is I don't want to be that person that like, you know, steps on people's backs to get where they want to go. Like I want to take people with me. I want to help people build their dreams and their passions too. And, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm going to become a, you know, my goal is to become a New York Times bestselling author. That is my goal. And I would love to be able to help other people, you know, reach that goal as well or help them on their path. Um, I had a buddy of mine reach out to me. His book is called Emma Stein Rocks. And I love his book. And it's a little girl Frankenstein character. And it's amazing. And I promote it everywhere I go. I wear his hoodie. I taught, I have his doll. Like my goal is to get people interested in his stuff too. And, you know, I, I tell people I'm like, what, just because we're both doing scary horror stuff, why can't I help him and vice versa? Mm. You know? So like, and he keeps running into Dan Housen, which is awesome. So <laughs> yeah, like go to his page, like Emma Stein rocks. Like he's with Dan Housen and Ethan page and, and Brody King. And I'm just like, what? Where? How? That's awesome. Amazing. Love it. I, I, Christian, I find you massively inspirational. Like it's Absolutely. so rare to meet somebody that's like, yeah, but I want to help you too. You know, I want to do this for the children. I want parents to talk to their kids. It's just, I, I just, I don't, I don't have the words really. Like I'm, I guess I'm just speechless. But I think you're, I think you're great. I think you're a massive inspiration to people. And I really hope this all this shit takes off because. Yeah, this could this could help a whole new generation. You know, with mental health such a massive thing this day and age now as well. Um, you know, we need we need people talking, and you've opened up that door for people to talk to kids as well about it. You know, how are you feeling? What what do you want to talk about today? Like you say, about what's on your main street. So I salute you, sir. Absolutely incredible. And I appreciate that. Like I, you know, I, I have no issue telling people like I grew up, you know, in a broken home. I grew up with a you know a workaholic father and a and a mother who's an alcoholic and, and pill popper. And I have PTSD from the missions I've been on and the things I've seen and the experiences I've had. And I tell people like, you know, I did a bunch of interviews and they're like, you know, how has your PTSD affected you since you got home? 
And I said, actually, it kind of pushed me to start writing because that's where I really started writing was when I got home. Um, and then just kind of shifting it to wanting to help people. Like, I always tell people, like, don't be ashamed of your past or your, your flaws or things you've messed up on. Like, help people not to make the same mistakes you did. Mm. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, we've all made mistakes. We've all done stupid things. Like, come on. Like, I grew up watching Jackass, and I wanted to do some of the things they did. Thank God I didn't go to the extent that they did because I, you know, possibly be in a wheelchair. But, uh, yeah, that, that's the biggest thing is I, I just tell people, I'm like, look, you know, it, you can you can get where you want to go. Please just don't step on people doing it. Like, help each other out. Like, work as a team and get there together because I think that's what matters is at the end of the day, we're all going to – we're, we're not making it out of this alive. And, and, you know, I wanted my funeral people to come and enjoy and be able to tell stories. Like when my dad died, one of the stories that, you know, somebody came up to me and told me he had a watch and he goes, you know, I've had this watch from your dad for 20 years. And I go, I don't get it. He goes, I'm like, why? He goes, I was at work and my watch broke and I didn't have money for another one. Your dad left and came back and threw a watch at me and said, here, he goes, he didn't have to do that. I've kept this for over 20 years. And I'm like, that is a lasting impression and a memory that I forever want people to have. Like I met Rowdy Roddy Piper before he passed away at, um, at a convention. And that dude, like I walked up to him, like shook his hand and he put his, my hand between both his hands and just talked to me. And I tell people, like, that's what I want. If somebody ever comes up to me and talks to me about my stories, my books, I want them, if, you know, if my stuff matters to them, I never want them to feel like I blew them off or I didn't pay attention to them. Because that would have killed me if that happened to me with, you know, one of my, one of the people I looked up to. Yeah. So just, you never know who's watching. You never know who's who's going to be there. So just be nice, be kind, be generous because at the end of the day, like Kevin Smith said, I can stop and take a picture with somebody and maybe get 50 likes, but I guarantee it that one person that I don't stop and be nice to, that's going to get 5 million. And I don't want the 5 million that way. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, I know we're on completely separate constants and country and stuff but i just want to say thank you so much for your service and to your dad as well absolutely incredible i'm so sorry for your loss you know it's okay like i got to tell him i loved him that morning he ended up it was weird like he got sick and then he had like a come to find out he had a, a very rare heart virus and this happened in 2018 so when covid came out i was like was it around back then like did it just so yeah it, it, it's one of those things like he was 63 and uh you know, I always say like, he wasn't sad to go. Cause he was one of those guys that was like, ah, oh, birthday. Ugh. You know, <laughs> he's like, uh, I was like, happy birthday, dad. He goes, Ugh, another year. Great. Uh, <laughs> and I'm over here going, yay, I'm 38. I'm going to be 39. Woo! You know? And he's like, you know, the opposite. So that's why I always say like, I'm thankful. I got to tell him that morning. I loved him. And then, you know, I unfortunately found him that he had passed away a day and a half later. Um, and, uh, that's why I always say like, you know, tell your family, tell your friends, you love them because you really never know like what might happen. 
you know, people unfortunately pass away constantly. And unfortunately, I saw that a lot at the coroner's office, just car accidents and, and mishaps and, and, you know, just bad stuff. So please just remember that. Love it. Like, like Tom said, I find you so inspirational, the things you said, and all of it is 110% true. I mean, like anyone listening to this, I can't encourage you enough to check out this man's books. Like, where, where else will you find Frankenstein ironing his trousers? I'm like, it's, it's amazing. But <laughs> before we get out of here, though, Mr. Stevens, do you have any more questions for our wonderful guest? Yeah. Um, I mean, when you first started writing and you're doing your slashes and your horror movies and then obviously making sledge and stuff, did you ever think that this is where you would be today writing children's stories? No, never. <laughs> I, I actually was sitting, working with one of my, my buddies an Uber Christian dude, like the epitome of Uber Christian dude. And I looked at him one day, I was like, okay, cause he's like, I will not watch your movies. I will not congratulate you on distribution, nothing. Cause I don't agree with it. And I looked at him, I was like, what if I ever made like a kid's book or did something like that? And he goes, I could not support you knowing what you had done previously. And I'm like, you make it sound like I did adult movies or something. I'm like, all right. Um, and then it opened up the conversation of going, wait a minute, Jesus is all about forgiveness and like growth and all that. So him and I had a four hour discussion because he was stuck with me for four hours. <laughs> Well, guess who bought a book when my kid's book came out? Yeah. He did. Because he apologized. And he remembered our conversation. Because that's the thing, too, is I tell people, I'm like, look, I will have a conversation with you. And I go, as long as you don't get mad with me, call me names, get upset. Like, let's just have a conversation. Let's find out why you feel this way or this or this or this. And I think that's always the best route. Um, and you were talking about Frankie ironing his trousers. Did you guys ever <laughs> notice behind him? that uh, Mary Shelley's behind him on the wall, like on a frame. That's his mom. I'm reading these books again. I feel like I've missed loads of these little things. <laughs> yeah, there's there's his list of like things to do, things to do list and one's uh, shine bolts. And then over in the corner, Mary Shelley. Um, then in the, the, the witch's room where she's looking at the broomsticks, we have the hocus pocus brooms. We have the mop the uh, vacuum and the broom. And then we also have uh, the uh, the eye on one of the brooms and we have the Nimbus 2000. I think, yeah, I'm definitely reading these again because I, I miss these. <laughs> you don't really expect See, to look out for these sort of things, though, do you? So. <laughs> no, and that's that's the fun part to me is I like, that. that's the thing is I've, I, I get messages all the time about All Hallows Eve in Salem and Once Upon a Christmas Eve in Salem, just parents telling me like, my kid loves your book and I still have to read it to him every night. Um, you know, and if you guys ever want to sign copy or whatever, just let me know. Like if people ever want to sign copy, you know, and you, if you buy it on my website or whatever, or if you ever catch me going anywhere, you bought it on Amazon, whatever, just bring it. I'll sign it. I'll personalize it. I believe in personalizing everything to the kid, the person, and I try not to rehash my my messages. Um, but when I was in Salem at the BizBaz in October, like we brought 135 books because we weren't really sure how it would do. Um, I sold 125 books in the first six hours and had to shut down for Sunday, so I had something left. And then I was done by by the next day, an hour later, like. I had nothing, so I just walked. I just walked around Salem because I had nothing else to to do. <laughs> so, 
when I tell people like I'm thankful and they message me like, you know, I check in with these people. And then I also do free voice messages as Drac for kids. So like my voice that I do for Drac technically is kind of the same voice as Astley because I love the voice. Um, it's a, uh, hey, this is Drac. I'm calling you to tell you you did great on your test today and I'm very proud of you. Now continue to study and do, do wonderful things, you know. Um, and then the other thing that we did over uh, Halloween time was um, we did a thing called Write to Your Favorite Salem Monster. And each kid got back a personalized letter and I would handwrite, or not handwrite, but I would, I had different fonts for all characters on my, on my computer and I would write them each a new message, sign it as the monster. And then um, I actually bought a seal from my All Hallows Eve and Salem symbol and I would wax seal it to the kid from the monster. And all we asked for in reply in, in response back was a stamp. Everything else was free. Cause again, I wanted something for the kid to get in the mail, a letter from their favorite monster, you know, to them, to personalize from them. And I did, I did Drac, Frankie, Wolfie, Gilly, and Meredith, the purple witch and uh, Nicole, the green witch. So you are awesome man like you are absolutely awesome <laughs> I, I fucking love it so much people could learn I, from you. I love it so much but before I, I, we before we let you get out of here have you got any plugs social medias websites people where they can go and buy your books sure um if, if you want to sign personalized copy it's worldofchristianjames.com my name is k-r-i-s-t-i-a-n um i have Building Our Main Street, Once Upon a Christmas Eve in Salem, All Hallows Eve in Salem available. I have the Drax as well. Um, you know, for UK stuff, uh, I do end up, if you want one, I usually go through PayPal with that because I do add $10 to help with shipping because shipping is usually like 20 bucks, 25. Um, that's just to help us out. Um, that way we just break, honestly, we just break even. Um, but I don't mind doing that. Um, social media, Instagram is um, World of Christian James. That's where I do a lot of my posts. And like I said, um, uh, once I get the puppets from of Frankie and Drac, I'll start doing some of that stuff again. It's just fun, free stuff for, for families to hopefully be able to enjoy. Um, my wife wants me to actually write the scripts for it because I'm very big on improv. But then I also have to remember it's not Astley where I can just kind of <laughs> go off on a tangent. Um <laughs> So back in the day, like if I was doing the Astley and the Jameson videos um, in my voice, like I'd accidentally do the Astley voice with Jameson, I would have I would have them make fun of me. So I can't really do that now. So I need to like, you know, because I don't think Drac and Frankie are going to belittle the, the person doing the voice <laughs> like I would have like I would have him do. Um, so that that's that's kind of the next thing is just creating like three to five minute videos. Um, but you guys are more than welcome to reach out to me, message me, direct message me. Um, if you guys want a voice message to your kids, uh, from Drac, let me know. Um, I also do Frankie. I've been working on his voice. Wolfie is very gargly. So it's very, my wife makes fun of me, uh, with Wolfie. Um, and then I'm thinking about just opening up the letters thing year round, because to me, it's just fun. Like, you know, if your kid does well, why not 
have them write to the monster and they can, you know, the monster can write them back and build them up and, and that kind of thing. And then, um, you know, in, in the all, in the once upon a Christmas Eve in Salem, we have Santa Drac and I thought about doing that for Christmas. Um, so maybe next Christmas we'll do right to Santa Drac. But then I need the parents, I need the parents Instagram to let them know like, Hey, this is what they're asking for, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, you know, just again, just, just fun, fun stuff for, for families. Cause I think I, I tell people like, it annoys my life that I can go on cameo and have to pay like 50 bucks for a voice message. Like I'm not charging you. I don't want to charge you. I don't want to charge five bucks for something that's going to make your kids smile and make them happy. You know, that their favorite monster saying their name and like sending them a special birthday message or, or happy new year, you know? So, and I just appreciate you guys having me. Like it was, this has been a lot of fun and thank you for just letting me blabber, blabber on for an hour. It's incredible having you on, Christian. Thank you so much for your time, man. Like, we've absolutely loved it. It's been great talking to you. And, uh, yeah, excited to get this one out, really. Yeah, and if you guys ever want me back, let me know. I'll come back and we can chat wrestling and movies and whatever you want. That sounds That's perfect. Fun. Love it. Yeah. Christian, my friend, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time out to sit and chat. So we've really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Like, let's stay in touch, guys. Hit me up on, on Instagram and whatever, and we'll talk wrestling and everything like that. Like I said, I, I, I'm i excited for WrestleMania season, and uh, I'll send you guys pictures from my uh, from my seats. Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, please do. Please do. And uh, I hope you have a good rest of the day, my friend, and uh, I'll hit you up on the old socials after we get off this. Perfect, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank Take care, much, my friend. We'll speak soon. Take care. Take care. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. What an absolutely amazing conversation. What an incredible guest. I really love talking to this guy. Like, absolutely beautiful. And I have to say a massive extra big thank you to Christian because after we had this conversation, he actually decided to send some books for Olivia. So we've got All Hallows Eve in Salem, All Christmas Eve, The Christmas Eve in Salem, and the one we talked about earlier as well, Building Our Main Street. This book is absolutely beautiful. If you are a parent out there, I cannot suggest enough to go get yourself a copy of this because it is a great way of dealing with loss and teaching kids about loss in families and whatnot. And the books he's bringing out as well, especially can't wait to hear about and see those. And of course, as he mentioned in the interview, two in a room. It's track. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> that is cool. That is really cool. It's wicked. But no, massive, thank, massive thank you to Christian for sending those. Olivia absolutely loves them. So that's amazing. Was she over the moon, was she? Oh, yeah, she absolutely loved them, especially Drac. Excellent. Christian, you are a legend. You are an absolute hero. We appreciate you so much. So thank you for coming on our show, taking the time out to sit and chat to us, even though you were in your car for a very long time. But uh, hopefully, you, yeah, fair play, fair play to you indeed, my friend. Uh, but we look forward to catching up soon and we really hope that everyone enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. It's about getting into schools and talking to young people because, you know, I, I know that people can change. Uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever. And we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely. Hey there, guys. We are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing, and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, 
those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults, and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Stevens. Oh, fuck that up. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> it's audience participation time. CC. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's participation challenge. <laughs> this week, I said, the table is all nicely set and it's time for a dinner. A dinner for four. This week, we're asking you, who would be at your fantasy dinner party? Yourself, one actor, one musician, and one athlete. Who are you taking to dinner and why? And they can be alive or dead. What say you, Mr. Stevens? So weirdly enough, this is so weird how this one came out. When I was in London with work, we had this exact conversation sat around having a drink in the hotel. It is very weird. I found it really hard, like really hard, because actor-wise... I either would have had, and I think I'm going to go for, I'd have Robin Williams over Jim Carrey. I think I'd have Robin Williams as my actor. As my athlete, of course, it's going to be Brian Danielson. That goes without saying in any way, shape or form. Musician. This is the hardest one. Because I'd love to have Jeremy McKinnon from Day to Remember, but I'm not. I'm going to have Daniel Winterbates. Just because the man is uh, reading his LinkedIn posts, his Twitter posts, his Instagram posts. The man is a hero on so many levels. And it would just be wonderful. I think we'd all just love Robin's company of him being absolutely mental anyway. And then Daniel bringing everyone back down to earth. And we have like a really serious conversation. It just, yeah, great. And then obviously Ryan being vegan. I think it would just be a really nice, homely, humble little, uh, little meet. That'd be amazing. You could probably guess who mine are, to be fair, if you know me well enough. Go for it. Kevin Smith, of course. I know he's mainly known for writer and director, but he is an actor. I don't know which member of Kiss. Paul Stanley? See, Paul Stanley is my favourite member of Kiss, but I think I'd quite like to sit down with Gene because I just, I can't ever think the stories he's got. The man's got such a weird and wonderful brain. It'd be great to hear his stories, the way he thinks and whatnot. And athlete-wise, it's Chris Jericho. Yeah. Granted, I could have used Chris Jericho to tick off all three boxes, but we're going to go with an athlete. It's got to be Chris Jericho. And plus, Chris Jericho knows Gene Simmons and he knows Kevin Smith, so they're already friends. So it's going to be a great night. Job done. Job done. Let's get some answers. Holly Mansfield. Ryan Reynolds, for sure, because he seems like a funny guy. The banter we could have. Plus, plus, you know, he looks damn good. Post Malone, because who doesn't love him? The voice, the tattoos, just... We've got a post Malone fancier here. Just saying, not really a sports person, so I'll just lucky dip on that one and hope we get a good person. Fair. I like it. I like it. Ruby Goodwin, myself, Bruce Campbell, Paul Stanley, and I don't like any athletes enough to want to bother having dinner with them. I had this quite Fair. a lot. A lot of people didn't really bother with my athletes. <laughs> Graham Arnold, with the most Graham Arnold answer ever. 
Alive or dead, I'd probably pick all alive. I don't want the smell of decaying flesh ruining my appetite. There's quite a few like those that have come through. Yeah. Okay, because I did not find that funny when people put it on. I was like, oh, you're very clever. Well done. Michael Golden, David Bowie, Roger Moore, and Muhammad Ali. That would be a fantastic dinner. That is oh. great, yeah. Oh, David Bowie, James Bond. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Lydia Manson, former guest Lydia Manson, says, so... My actor would be Marilyn Monroe. She has always been an idol of mine. And although everyone thinks of her as this dumb blonde, she was actually really quite smart. We suffer from some of the same mental health issues, so I would love her to have her take on being in the industry while also dealing with mental health. Like that. My single would be Chester Bennington, because Linkin Park was and is one of my all-time favourite bands. And he had such a unique voice. His lyrics were and are some of, the f- some of my thoughts, so I think it would be great to meet him. And my athlete would be... Someone I didn't expect Lydia to say, Shaq. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> He's such an awesome man. He gave up a multi-million dollar deal with a shoe company because they weren't going to be affordable to the lower class. So he started his own line that people could afford. And I think that is just amazing. So be at my he, table for just his kind soul. He is a fucking legend. And I, I love that man as well. He is great. great. Absolutely great. I'd, I'd never heard that story before. That shoe line, fair play. That is I, awesome. Just quickly, I saw a video of, of Shaq where there were some kids playing basketball in the road or in the street um, and they were all black and they were getting complained about by neighbours because they were making too much noise playing in the street, yada, yada, yada. The police <laughs> turned up and went, hi guys, sorry, we've had complaints yet, but um, but don't worry, you know, let's see your shots. So the police started playing with them like it was great. And he went, actually, should we have a, a game of five on five or whatever it was or three at where I don't, I've never seen basketball. So they disappeared and came back and they were like, right, are you ready? Like, oh, wait, we've got someone with us. And fucking Shaquille O'Neal walks out and starts playing That's with awesome. them, which is incredible. It gets better. He then turned around to the kids and went, for every basket you make, I'll give you a hundred bucks. And he literally did. That's awesome. It was making them shoot until until they scored, though, as well. So it wasn't like, a, oh, never mind. It was like, I'm sure you could go again. I'm sure you could go. And it was just like, hand in, like it was it was incredible. That's Absolutely amazing. incredible. What a and wonderful was, human. He is a wonderful human. And then he had them on the circuit. He's like, listen to your parents, stay in school, that, that, the usual stuff that, yeah, like Shaquille O'Neal, like, I, I worship at your feet. What a legend. legend. That's amazing. Gail Dobb. She's cheating with this. It works, but she's cheating. She says, I would have Chris Isaac as my singer. Chris Isaac is Gail's favourite singer of all time. Uh, Wicked Game. What a wicked game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Elvis as my actor. That's cheating, but I'll allow it because he did act in films. And Daley Thompson as my athlete. Angel gave me the cheating idea with the actor, that's her daughter, as she was having Taylor Swift and Harry Styles. Harry Styles is technically an actor. I'll give you that one, Angel. And she had Mo Farah as her athlete because he said he he because he said he tooted in I'm a Celebrity. He tooted in I'm a Celebrity. Did he fart? I'm, I'm lost on that one. People fart, right? Of course he does. Yeah. In the jungle. So yeah. I'm just, I'm just amused by the phrase tooted. <laughs> he whiffed. He whiffed. <laughs> <laughs> Ellis Simpkins, Jim Carrey, for the fun of it. Jonathan Davis, because he's amazing. And I don't know any athletes, but when I stuff my face, I don't really want to see them all looking all fabulous. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, Andrew Lambourne, Peter Cushing, Lemmy, and Fred Perry. 
because they're all dead and I have not quite the and I, then I can just have a quiet night in and not share my nachos. Fair. Yeah, I like yeah. <laughs> Mark Murphy, Doctor Hell from Evil Scarecrow, Keanu Reeves, and Mark Wood was a cricketer. Doctor Helen Wood because they seem like real good fun. And Keanu because he's a kind and decent human being. Fair. Yeah, we love Keanu. Keanu yeah. Reeves would be an amazing dinner guest. Matthew Doherty, actor, Bruce Campbell. He's my favourite actor and always seemed to be humorous and personable. I think he would have some great stories about the movies he made and the industry in general. Yes. Musician, Selena Gomez. I like some of her songs, but I'm not what I would call a huge fan of her music overall. But given she has done so many things in the entertainment in general and also seems like a really nice and down-to-earth person, would be a pleasant company and have some awesome stories. I like that. Not even because you're a fan of her music, because you think she's a cool person. I like that. An athlete, Hulk Hogan. He has been my favourite wrestler and helped me get invested in the sport. He put it in air quotes. It is a fucking sport. I've met him a few times and he's always very nice and easygoing. And while I doubt I'll be able to believe most of his stories, it still would be entertaining as hell, especially with the other two guests involved. Fair? Yes, Hulk Hogan. You were almost the bass player in Metallica. John Weldon. I'd have Stephen Fry, Freddie Mercury, and Jensen Button. That'd be a great yeah, that's one. pretty sick. Yeah, That'd Stephen Fry, one. hell yeah. Just Stephen Fry and Freddie Mercury together would be great to see. <laughs> Rick Joyce, Chester Bennington, and Chris Cornell both acted in their video clips and obviously sang. So it'd be nice to get them together and also chat to Jonah Lomu. Yeah, Jonah Lomu, rugby legend. Mind you, Chester was in Saw, so that technically works. Shit, he was, wasn't he? I forgot about that. Yeah, he was. Chester yeah. was in Saw, so Chester did act in a movie, so oh. realistically, that's that's a given. Some people are finding some loopholes here. I'm not sure if I'm happy <laughs> about it or not, but it's fine. I'll allow it. Adam Weaver, Keanu Reeves, Dimebag Darrell, and Muhammad Ali. What a fucking dinner that would be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the stories. John Westwood, my father. John Wayne, Tina Turner, and John McEnroe. I can't think of John McEnroe. I know the name. Tennis player. The tennis player. The guy who shouted at the umpire saying you can't be serious and slammed his racket down. Uh, it's one of his okay. famous moments in tennis. I just couldn't think of the name. Yeah, Tina Turner doesn't fucking surprise me. My dad's like the biggest Tina Turner fan. Just never quite understood, but there we are. We all have our likes. Um, Brendan Plesterbert, Michael Caine, John Lennon and Senna. Who's Senna? I don't know Senna. I don't know sports. Formula One racer? Oh, okay. Don't I think there's a, doc- there's a documentary about him. Oh, okay. Called Senna. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's Formula One. We'll definitely know it by the name. Hey, Siri. Who's Senna? Ooh. Here's some information. That's Senna, you dick. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> For once, she gets inv- he gets involved when we want him to, and he talks shit. Yeah. Oh. Zara Lavender. So I'd go with Marilyn Monroe, as for me... As an actor, as for music, I want to say Taylor Swift. But realistically, if I want to be at an epic dinner party, I'd go with Freddie Mercury and sports probably Stephen Gerrard for Scott. Whoever Scott is. Her husband. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry O'Keefe? Why do I also get to say his name? Jerry Keane. Jerry Keane, fuck. One week, I'll remember how he's pronounced his name. One week. He'll have you, you know. I know, he probably will. <laughs> from Guinness, aren't they? Uh, Gene Hackman. Pete Townsend, Alan Shearer, just to listen to three fascinating stories. That would be a great conversation too. Yeah, fair play. And last but not least, 
it is the one, the only, Ryan Williams, of course. Of course it is. Of course it is. This is tough, as I don't really know sports or music. So it's a toss-up between Jack Black or Kevin Bacon as my musician, because I think either would have great conversations at the dinner table. He found another loophole, but we'll take it. Both would be entertaining in their own way. For my actor choice, I would pick Rob Paulson, who is my favourite voice actor. Yes, great choice. I think Mr. Paulson would have some entertaining and humbling stories for dinner. Plus, I'm assuming he would ask someone to pass food to him in one of his voices. How awesome for Cole Weezer to ask for a croissant, or a Ninja Turtle to ask for pizza, or Pinky to ask for anything. Narf! As for my sports person, I'm going to go with a loophole and quick Dwayne The Rock Johnson, as he used to be a sports person for wrestling. I picked Dwayne Johnson because, well, he's The Rock, and how awesome would it be to have The Rock over for dinner? Fair. I can't argue with it'd that be, reasoning. It'd be so surreal, wouldn't it? It like, really would. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you like the biggest celebrity in the world now, and you're at my dinner party. It's a bit weird. Cool that as was fantastic. Though. We got some great answers for that. I, was, I liked that one. I was quite proud of that. No, it was good. It's a really good one. I think a lot of people are to get involved. We really appreciate that everybody gets involved in Jamie's Participation Challenge. And we hope that you enjoy the Jamie's Challenge, Tom's Journal, Callum's Treachings, the interview, and all the wanky, shitty bollocks we talk at the beginning of the episode. Because if you do, you can go and check out 73 other editions on any platform that you have. Spotify, Google, Apple, Media Matchmaker, I don't fucking know, Heart FM. <laughs> Wherever you get your podcast from, BRMB. you'll find us on there. So you'll find us. Don't worry. Seven Sound. <laughs> We're also on YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcast. Please hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell to get notified when new videos are released. And comment, comment, comment. Thank you, Ron. Um, you can also find our hashtag WBW Way Back Wednesdays. Obviously, they ended in the summer of last year, but they are all there for your enjoyment. Please go and enjoy those bad boys of our former network, uh, along with our Bloodstock live interviews, our Bloodstock vlog, please share that everywhere, for the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, and now the Chronicles of Dublin Crust. Jamie did a fantastic job on the old editing malarkey there. It's a nice little video where I went over to Ireland. Please go and check that bad boy out as well. It's incredible, uh, and we are very, very honoured. Thank you, Baz. Uh, to have been a part of it you could also find us on the old facey b facebook at the chronicles of podcast uh please hit the like button share it tell your mates about it um yeah and put some gifts put some memes but whatever you like in there i don't mind we love it we appreciate it every single time oh, excuse me jamie thinking about it where else could you find us you can find us going on the internet and looking for Razor's Edge Rocks, so you can find more interviews done by me and you. Absolutely. Or on the Twitter, at TCOPod. Jamie thinking about it whilst you're looking at Razor's Edge and being on our Twitter. Where else could you find us? Well, if it's me, you're probably going to find me in a corner coughing my guts up and holding my throat going, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Or reading Christian's books to your daughter. But you can also find us on the Instagram, at TCOPod. We're also on LinkedIn at the Chronicles of Podcast. Please come connect with us on there. You can find us on TikTok at TCO Pod. Come and find us on there as well. Watch Jamie's Chesney Hawks video. Trust me. You want to see it. You want to see it. Just for the reaction. Absolutely, Jamie. What is it? <laughs> Superb. Phenomenal. 
Um, and you can also come on down to our beautifully brand spankingly sexy and wonderful little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. All of our us are on there, all of our affiliation sponsors are on there, all of our episodes are on there as well, alongside our Patreon and shop. So please get involved. The Chronicles <clears throat> of Podcast. Download us, review us, share us, subscribe to us. That's the most important one. Rate us, tell all of your friends about us allow us into your ears but most importantly i knew i loved you before i met you i kind of breathed you into life but i wasn't entirely sure that could be possible uh, maybe i'd be some sort of wizard in some sort of way i suppose breathing you into life doesn't really work it just you just fill you with hot breath Do you know what i mean it'd be kind of odd to be like and how did I know that I loved you before I met you? Because I didn't know you. So how could that be a thing? Come on, Savage Garden. What's wrong with you? Like, let's work this out, yeah? Let's have a chat. Let's sort this out. I, I, I absolutely love your music, but Jesus Christ. It's almost like they're a ghost. You can't look in too much into 90s song lyrics. You'll be there all day. <laughs> I was thinking, what are you referencing? I could not think of it. Yeah, Savage Garden. Which Savage Garden song lyrics? I knew I loved you. Truly mattered deeply. Truly Affirmation. Yeah. He'd be a great guest to get on in, wouldn't he? Darren Hayes. Yeah. yeah. I remember when he released solo stuff. They were bangers as well. Anyway. He is, he is great. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, it's not the Darren Hayes podcast. Let's move on. <laughs> Before we get out of here, let's say thank you to a few of our friends. First off, every single piece of music you hear on this here very show is supplied to you by one man. That man is Mr. Singer-Songwriter Matt Roberts. Go check him out on all the social medias at Matt, Ro Try again. at Matt Roberts Music. Go look for him on Spotify, wherever you get your album. Yeah, fuck me, I can't talk. Wherever you get your music from, because you will be able to find his brand new album, Light of Day, is out now. We spoke about it briefly last week. It is fantastic. Everyone needs to go give it a listen. Get your ears around it, because Matt has done an incredible job with this album. And he deserves for all of you to go listen to it. So go listen to it right now. We're almost at the end of this show. So as soon as we're done, go listen to the new album. Do it. And of course, as we heard from him earlier, we have to say thank you to Stay Cozy Clothing. Mr. Say we could fly Braden Barry himself. Head on over to www.staycozyclothing.com. See what you like on that website, whether it be a hoodie like mine, whether it be a cap like Tom's, whether it be that T-shirt that Tom wears every alternative week, whatever it may be, add whatever you like to your basket. And then when you're ready to pay, put in the discount code The Chronicles and get yourself 10% off that order. While on your on that website, you will find the incredible Sophie Lancaster Foundation collaborative T-shirt. Weirdo Mosha Freak is an absolutely beautiful, stunning design. You must go and get yourself one now because 50% of the profits of that shirt go straight to the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. And we can't be happy to see these guys supporting these guys. It means the absolute world to us. And of course, speaking of the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, here they are stamping out prejudice, hatred and intolerance everywhere. We spread that message every single week because it needs to be spread. Sophie's incident happened so many years ago, yet what changes have been made since then? Not a lot, really, let's be honest. And it's about time that happened. We can raise awareness all we like, but we need those laws to change and we can only get that to happen with your guys' support. So head on over to sophielancasterfoundation.com, click on the hate crime tab and fill in that questionnaire. 
all the details used for that we put together to be sent off to the courts to the police to get alternative subculture added as a strand of hate crime if you listen to this show we have a lot of people from alternative bands so you're clearly in that subculture in some form or way to please help us out by spreading that message spreading your experiences and helping us make sure that what happened to sophie never happens again and last but not least a massive thank you to this handsome bugger right here who i don't know if anyone knew he's going to new york soon i am Funnily enough, Jamie, talking of Mr. Matthew Roberts, he's also off to New York on Saturday. Oh, yes, he is. So we're going to be in the exact same place in the same week. It's kind of mental. Um, but again, why another great episode, Jamie? Indeed, another fantastic episode. But we are having a week off for Mr. Stevens being in New York. So we're going to do some tinkering, some moving around, some new liquor paint on some things. So when you see us again for the monumental 75th edition, might look a little bit different. Shifting some wardrobes. Yes, just having to move around. Yes, as Jamie said, we are off next week. So as I am away, so forgive us. We do apologise. We're back in two weeks' time with an absolute monster. So you don't want to miss it. Jamie, another great episode. A pleasure as always. Uh, And as for this week, as for this week right here, we'll see you in two weeks' time. Oh, baby. Goodbye, everybody.